Squares Fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Okay, another interview here uh, at Richmond, Indiana, in the Autumn Oaks 2022 from the Coleman Center here on the fairgrounds, the Wayne County Fairgrounds in Richmond, Indiana. The Gone to the Dogs podcast booth has been humming today. We've had a lot of people come by, got caught some great interviews, and I'm, I'm sure you're enjoying them as they go along. Uh, the fellow I want to uh, bring to the microphone now uh, tells me that he's been to all the Autumn Oaks uh, since we first brought it here to, to Richmond in 1992. And his name is Chet McCreary. Chet, where do you live? Right now I live south of Centerville. Centerville, yeah. Indiana. Mm-hmm. That's Abington. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What's that? 30 a, miles from yeah, here? Maybe 15, 20-minute drive. 20-minute yeah. drive. Yeah. I, I used to live five minutes from here. I see. Yeah, I used to live up yeah. by 70. I got you. Yeah. Well, you were you a member of the Wayne County Coon Hunters? I'm when, a uh, founding member. Of Wayne you're County. a founding member. Yeah, we started member. in about 87. That's when we started the club. I got you. Yeah. Well, when we were looking for a spot for Autumn Oaks, we had been... We came back to Indiana in 1984 for our 25th anniversary, and we were at Jasper, mm-hmm. Indiana. Were you going to Autumn Oaks during that time? We've been to a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. we were at Jasper, and the group there, you know, they the the club, uh, the local, uh, I forget what we were using. It was a fairgrounds uh, association of water. They really didn't like giving up their Labor Day weekend and having to come out and, and work, you yeah. know, because they operated the kitchen and all the sold a million pies and all that stuff. Yeah. So they wanted to move, so we moved to Logansport. Yeah, that's and, my first one. Or Logansport. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. And so we were at Logansport there for a year or two. I, I don't recall exactly, but then uh, I, one of the first people that I remember talking to here was Dick Warville. Mm-hmm. And also, I talked with Reagan Lanter. Yeah, buddies of mine. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Alan Wetzel. Yeah, Alan should be here today or tomorrow. Good. Yeah. I'd like to lasso Alan if I can. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, Alan the, moved to Tennessee. He did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I corresponded with him on social media. Yeah, some. we oh, yeah. we back and forth and all. But as I recall the story, and you can you can clarify all this for me, Chet. Dick Warville, thank you, the name came finally back around, <laughs> told me that the club wanted to build a clubhouse, wanted to build a club for oh, yeah. Wayne County Coon Hunters. Yeah. And they were wanting to take on the project of hosting Autumn Oaks. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of work. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. And we talked about all of that. And yeah. then, of course, we met, and I can't remember the lady's name. It was with the Chamber of Commerce at that Mary time. Mary something. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, I can't remember her last name. But we talked about some of the other events that we had and mm-hmm. and what kind of economic impact it could have. I've talked so much today, my mouth won't work. Oh, yeah. But anyway. That's okay. Mine don't work too good either. <laughs> but anyway, we... Uh, you know, we got together and got mm-hmm. together with the club, and right off of the get go, we found out there was a lot of good working guys around here. A lot bunch of, of yeah, wanted, it's too yeah. bad a bunch of them are gone. Yeah, they passed away. But yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. A bunch of good guys. How was it from the other side of the, uh, I know we talked all kinds about the kitchen and, you know, and AK, or UKC wanted, you know, a percentage and we back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. And we, and you guys always provide an awesome kitchen. Oh here. yeah. And I made a, a remark the other day on Facebook or posted something that 10 reasons I'd go to Automotive, and one of them was for a pork, pork chop sandwich. I seen you said posted that on it, and I said, well, yeah. it's not there no more. That's right, because yeah. I was here last year, but yeah. I, I didn't come during the COVID year, during yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. But uh, so how was it back then on the club side of things and all? What, it was a lot on? of work. You yeah. wouldn't believe all the work you had to put into to get the hunts, you get all the guides and everything. And, uh, oh, yeah. It was a, it was all right. You know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I had it with a lot of good dogs too. Over oh, the years. Oh, you yeah. guided them through those. Oh years, yeah, I've guided every year. You know? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, no event takes place without uh, a lot of guides and a lot of people working behind the scenes. Oh and yeah. Sometimes I think the hunters forget to you know think about that. Uh, you know, they like to come to the big event. Mm-hmm. They love all the crowds and all the hoopla that goes along yeah. with it. But they don't think about all those weeks of planning. Yeah. You know? Well, what, what we did, we got a really nice clubhouse now. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it takes a lot of money to take care of it, too. So, you know oh, what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. that was basically your goal starting oh, yeah. out, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. How many years do you think it took you to realize after you got started hosting it? Probably about five. Five years. Yeah. Tommy was property and got it all going and yeah. fixing it up and stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty nice. It's probably the nicest clubhouse in the country right now. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, that's good. You yeah. know, I have not actually gone out to see your club, mm-hmm. and I need to do that. Yeah. Know? But I remember that was the, the motivation, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, so, but we like the 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 idea that Richmond's here right on the Interstate 70. It's you know, close to Indianapolis, close to Dayton and Columbus and all that, kind of a crossroads situation. Yeah, we got situation. Some, of, some of the best coon hunting in the country. And great coon hunting. <laughs> yeah. And that, if you want to put on a coon hunt, that's job one. That's right. Where the coons yeah. are in it. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Well, I know, though, as we grew, you know, we were sending dogs all the way. Some of them were going all the way up and hunting in Michigan. They weren't, the satellite clubs weren't up there, but they, some of the guides would take oh, yeah. into oh, yeah. Michigan, you know. So yeah. that's about a two hour drive at least, I'd say. Well, the way three. the deadline's set up, you can go three yeah. hours from here, really, and hunt, yeah. you yeah. know, or two yeah. hours, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you guided several casts down mm-hmm. through the years. Do you have any memorable ones that you, you know, or, or, or well, I had the Apollo dog. cast. Oh, did you? Yeah, a couple oh, years ago. Oh, you had that cast yeah. two years ago. Yeah, got him in the oh. top 16. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs made a lot of noise in the money hunts oh, yeah. and stuff down through yeah. the years. That's a, that's a real hot cross in the Walker dog. Yeah, so. I've got him a couple times. Yeah. Oh, I have Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty good dog. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good guy, huh? you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome. But yeah. He was a pretty young dog to win Autumn Oaks. He's only two years old. Oh, I yeah. Think, when, when he won that, or maybe not even to. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, well, that's one thing. UKC's done a super job of documenting a lot of this stuff on film and mm-hmm. video and stuff. You can go back and watch those things. And yeah. All. We didn't have that kind of stuff back no, then. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Cell phones. You can take a cell phone now and go coon out with somebody and take a picture of them, train the coon, and, you know, dogs doing videos and stuff. It's completely different hunting today than totally. what it was 20, even five years ago. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've got a couple of pups out there, you know, with mm-hmm. with co- partners. Yeah. And I'm sitting home in Florida, mm-hmm. 
baking in the sauna. <laughs> I mean, just and and I'm getting to see my pups running tree and getting to see the coon up. And I'm sitting in my easy chair. Yeah, I'm here. I'm saying I'm 63 years old. Yeah, I, mean, I can't go every night no more. So. No, and we got guys to hunt for us, and you know they'll send me a video. Look what, what boss did tonight, or whatever. You know. Oh yeah. Right? Or, uh, Boy yeah. did or whatever. You know? I made a little post about that. You yeah. know how much I appreciated that. Yeah. You know because it's it's kept me in the game. Oh yeah. You know, otherwise oh. I'd. Of course, you know I made the choice after I retired to move to Florida. Yeah. I got tired of the Michigan winters and all yeah. that stuff. You know, yeah. and but uh, man, uh, it, it sure is a different world. For yeah. Sure. Are, now, are you still guiding? Yeah, I'm going. Oh, I got last okay. night. and I got again tonight. I got. I'm you. not sure about tomorrow night. You mm-hmm. know. You got a registered night champion grand? What? Oh, I think the grand's tonight. Grand, I'm okay. not sure what that. I just know yeah. cast sevens. All I know. I got you. And so you're gonna. They they go out tonight. And now how? Are you familiar with how they pick the top? They just take the top sixteen cast winners. Yeah, for they, for tomorrow night. For tomorrow night. Yeah, then yeah. they'll hunt that off tomorrow night. So they're just hunting an early round tonight. Early tonight. To, tomorrow night be the top sixteen dogs go back out. Uh, yeah. And then then, then they have a final four. Final four. Yeah. yeah. And that determines the National Grand Night Champion mm-hmm. Autumn Oaks, which has always been the the the, the spot to win. Mm-hmm. You know, Autumn Oaks, as you know, yeah. has always been for the Grand slanted toward the Grand. That's Night all Champion it is, really Autumn. for. You know. Yeah, the National Grand Night Champion yeah. of the year. My friend Nubbin Moore sitting over there, he's my traveling buddy. He won it overall in '84. Yeah, yeah we're talking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that's how we met. Mm-hmm. And I met uh, the first time. So yeah. It's uh, it's been a great. Uh, well, you're great probably ride. like me over here walking around talking. You got people walking up to you talking. I remember you guiding me, and I I had no idea who they are. That, that's right. You don't. <laughs> you, you don't, don't remember. remember. I know. hear this a lot. You know, yeah. of course, as old as I am. You know, I was on the cast with you, yada yada yada, and you mm-hmm. were hunting this dog or that dog, and yeah. I said, "Oh, buddy, I'm sure you know because I don't remember that." Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, did we have a good time? I hope I was a good guy to cut with. Well, know? I used to have an, an eighty-seven Dodge Dakota pickup truck. Yeah, that's what I used to come out of. And everybody knew I'm on my truck. Now yeah. I don't have that truck no more. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of incognito yeah. there. They don't know who I am. They know I'm driving around a different yeah. truck now. Right. But, yeah. Now you were. Uh, we talked about you sold some dog supplies or some. Why well, uh, sell dog, dog boxes? Dog yeah. Boxes, yeah. What, what was what was your dog box that you built and all that? Well, was, like, I've sold heritage dog boxes. Oh, you sold the heritage. Yeah, and, that's and, what I'm hauling in my truck. Is it right now? Yeah. yeah. It, but the plate on it says Cub Run Kentucky. Well, I think he sold it. The yeah. guy sold it. Yeah. Yeah, that then, started with Jarvis on. Well, Jarvis there, bought it, it from another guy. Okay. I, I started it from the original guy that owned I can't remember the guy's name. That's been, what, 20, 20 some years ago? Yeah. Then Jarvis bought it. Jarvis used to bring him right to my house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jarvis hey. would always have a dog in his back of his truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was going somewhere to hunt. He going somewhere to go hunting. Make some business and pleasure. Well, he'd go deliver dog boxes and go hunting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Jarvis was a coon hunter. Oh, yeah. He liked the oh, coon yeah. Hunt. Yeah, well, I bought that, uh, that uh, let's see, I was at AKC, mm-hmm. and I was driving an F-150. I had switched from a Toyota to an F-150, and I needed a full-size box, and I bought that box. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly where, but it's been a good one. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. It's yeah. heavy. Oh, yeah. You know, but it will stay in the back of that truck and not move around. Yeah. Funny thing about Jarvis, he'd, he'd always tell me, whenever you need a dog box, you call me. I said, you sure? He said, yeah. I called him at 3 o'clock in the morning once. 
And he answered the phone. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I was going to get an answering machine. Yeah. You know. You know. <laughs> But he said, yeah. who is this? I said, it's Chet. He said, oh, oh okay. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Well, yeah. yeah. Nubbin and I had uh, the opportunity to talk to Jarvis on the phone, on the truck phone, in my mm -hmm. truck, from the White River last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd heard he'd been kind of under the weather. Yeah. And uh, he he answered the phone. Well, actually, he called back. Nubbin had left him a message to wish him happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And uh, he called back, and we talked for a while, and I said, Jarvis, I need to get you on a podcast. Would you be yeah. up to that? Oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. It wasn't just a few days I got the news that he had passed. Yeah. So, you know, those missed opportunities, but yeah. that's great. Well, what are, what are some of your best memories of uh, Autumn Oaks? Do you Anything you remember particularly this meeting all about the, it? All the people. Yeah. You used to meet all these nice people and everything. I can't remember all the dogs I hunted with. Oh, no. I can't remember them, you know. I found right. some good blue dogs. Brad Quaid had a blue dog. I can't remember the dog's name. But he, he had a really good blue dog. He was hunting for a guy. Yeah. And it's probably one of the best blue dogs I ever hunted with. Uh, and, and who was hunting? Him? Brad Quaid was hunting Brad dog. Quaid, yeah. yeah. I remember, was it a dog called Diesel? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah. How do I remember this yeah, stuff? Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't remember either. You how know? do I remember yeah, I that stuff? But yeah. I remember Brad and hunting yeah. a blue dog named yeah. Diesel, and I've yeah. never been to the woods yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah, he did quite a bit of winning with that oh, dog yeah. back oh, in the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's interesting, for yeah. sure. I remember yeah. some dogs. I can't tell you about what they <laughs> I can't tell you some what they Some of did. them we just yeah. put yeah, some that of, on a some different of the, file. Supposed to be big name guys, Yeah, and they're not so big name. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, yeah. let, let's let's yeah. dig down just a little bit. I don't want to keep you all day here, yeah. but uh, in fact, you and I, I uh, Tyler Stroh yeah. is a friend of yours or my, related? He's my nephew. He's your nephew. Yeah. And I think my podcast listeners know the story of how I found out about my wife was had to have a dachshund. Mm -hmm. She'd had one years ago yeah. and wanted another one. And we found out through a friend out in Missouri, LaDonna Tucker mentioned that, that uh, or Williams, I believe, or is her name now. Anyway, she told me, she said, I know, I know a person in, in uh, Richmond that has dachshund. Anyway, long story short. We found out about Tyler, about mm -hmm. his dogs. Yeah. And last December, I flew into Dayton, drove over, spent the night, same motel I'm staying in here, went to Tyler's at 6 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. picked up that puppy in a rental car, and drove straight back to Florida. Yeah. We still laugh about that. <laughs> 19 and a half hours yeah. later, yeah. I pull in the driveway at 3.30 in the morning. My yeah. wife's out there in the, on the walk. Give me that puppy. Oh, yeah. And it's been, she's been, been totally taken by that puppy oh, yeah. ever since. He's a great yeah, little Tyler's dog. got some really nice he pups. He has some nice oh, yeah. dogs, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know Tyler when he was, he was quite active in showing oh, dogs yeah, for yeah, a while, yeah. wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has a puppy now, another puppy. He was about a little black and tan female. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Uh, He's out, she's out David Gillum's dogs. Could, I told him, yeah. I said, that's a good choice because yeah. David's yeah. known to have good hounds. Uh, well, Tyler's pretty well known around this area for yeah. show dogs. Yeah. With our, he take our coon hounds and win shows with them. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that that's yeah. impressive. It's kind of like this yeah. thing that UKC's recognizing that with this dual yeah. camping thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was neat here last night to see this room full of guys, you know, waiting for Cassidy to be called out on that duels hunt, yeah. you know. No, he called us yesterday. He says, we've got three spots left. You want two of them? 
And I said, for what? He said, we can cut two of your grands. I said, well, they're not ready. We you hunt, been hunting. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I know that we had them ready to hunt, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe next year, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we've all been sick. We've had that COVID. Oh, we've all been yeah. sick. He's had bronchitis. and He messed his shoulder all up. <laughs> maybe he had to have surgery on his shoulder. Mm, yeah. Well, I hope not. He's yeah. a heck of a nice well, guy. Well, Tyler's really. also a professional musician. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah. I told him to bring the guitar by the booth. Well, he was know, playing. Can, I put a video on the, my YouTube channel, Wild Rivers Hunting and Fishing Adventures. Okay. And it's got, uh, what's his name on there, playing a, a, a coon hunting song. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that's good. And yeah. what's the name of that channel? Again? Wild Rivers Hunting and Fishing Adventures. Okay. Well, on, listen, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. make note of that. Yeah. Check him out on YouTube. That's it's great. It's not real good. <laughs> it's well, on my cell phone. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. You got to well, start somewhere. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you know, you've uh, judged or probably judged or guided for all these years now here at Richmond. You've seen a lot of dogs come and go. Do you see any difference in the dogs now and the dogs that, that you first started guiding back there in 92? Uh, Ninety-two. Well, you when you actually don't go in the woods with them no more, so it's kind of yeah. you don't see as much. Yeah. You know, the last yeah. what, five or six years, we not really don't have to go in the woods with them. Right. So everybody's got the garments now. They can get, you don't have to tell them where everything's at. You know, yeah. where the fence rows are, where the creek bottoms yeah. are. Yeah. They they know by the looking at their you know yeah their exactly. tracker system. They so know you're where, basically sitting at the truck. Yeah, I just tell them where to go, how far you can go, and you know, yeah. don't worry about it. Whatever happens. I'll, but the dog gets in the road, I'll get it for you or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Yeah. So in that regard, you just really don't have a chance to evaluate the dogs. No, you don't as go in the don't go in the woods. Before. Well, I can't keep up with them no more. Well, yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well that's with me. Uh, I always loved the competition. Oh uh, yeah. When I was with UK mm -hmm. I didn't get to because yeah. their rule was, you know, we don't it's conflict of interest, yeah. you know. But I, you know, so I'd hunt at plot days because mm -hmm. they had a non-licensed all yeah. plot hunt and stuff yeah. like that. Well, of course, I coon hunted all the time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I got I, I always enjoyed hunting so much, mm -hmm. you know. But nowadays, I I don't think I could ha hack it well, on a cast. You know, I can walk to my dog. Mm -hmm. uh, if the terrain's not too steep and rocky and stuff, mm -hmm. I can I'll go to mm -hmm. my dog, but it's not pleasurable, and it's not at a speed mm -hmm. that I would want to make a cast slow down to keep up with yeah. me, or you know. So I just don't try to do that anymore. But uh, uh, these dogs now hunt pretty wide. Well, the ones I hunt don't. My no, personal dogs. Yeah, so we won the mini slams here in uh, 2020. Hold it. Tell me about these dogs. Then. What kind of dogs? Are well, it's Wild Rivers Black River Boy too. We won the mini slams here in 2020. Is this a black dog? Black and tan dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chabacoin's Bloodlines. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's our boy two dogs out of our original boy dog, which is a litter mate to Buffy. Which one Chad's basically, right. uh -huh. Chad's, Chad's dog, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's from, where's Chad from? He's from, uh, uh, up north there a little bit. I can't remember yeah. the name of yeah. town. Okay. He's okay. about an hour drive from north here. I got you. Yeah. I got yeah. you. I got you. Well, I just wondered if, if you, you know, we talk a lot about these dogs the way they are now when you cut them loose. They mm -hmm. go to the four points of the compass and they're never together and they, you know, they, they're ambush type dogs yeah. and all. You seeing any of that or do, do you? Well, a lot of times, you know, I like the independent dogs. Like my boy, yeah. too, dog, he's very independent. He wins a lot of casts in the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. He'll step off by himself and get mm -hmm. treed. 
That's yeah. you know, that's where you win. Oh yeah. You oh know. yeah. That, that's what's yeah. winning, and that mm-hmm. that's why guys are hunting these kind of dogs. They're not doing this just. They, yeah. Oh yeah, it's fun. They enjoy, it, but you well, know they want to win. Well, you dogs just don't CW. pack up like they used to. No, uh-huh. they used to. You, you used to be in a cast, and dogs all pile on one tree. Oh yeah. Now just dog tree over here, dog tree over there, dog tree near half a mile in. Yeah. And you got to call timeout, go decent dog, that, or whatever. And, you, and know. you know, we talk about that a lot, and I guess some of it's trained in, you know, electronic trainers and everything else. But uh, I, a lot of these dogs are just born independent. Mm-hmm. Anymore, I got a young pot dog here in North Carolina. I mean, he always wants to be by himself. Well, they're they're breeding for more independence. Yeah, mm-hmm. and dogs they yeah. don't like they don't want a dog being packed. I know guys that will yeah. actually whip a dog that they go to another dog. Oh, I know that too. Yeah, I know that's true. And I I hate that. Well, yeah, if they're naturally that yeah. way, fine. But uh, you know, don't please don't abuse the dogs. No. Come on, this whole sport is no. supposed to be fun. And it would be no sport without yeah. the dogs. Yeah. We've got to take care of these animals. Oh, and yeah. We've got to treat them right. There's no doubt about it. Just the, They say a man's ego is a, a terrible thing for a dog to have to bear, you know. And we need to leave the ego at That's home, right. you know, and go out there and have fun. If the dog does good, boy, feel good. That, and, and all but that's the whole part of coon hunting especially competition hunting. if it's not fun don't do it yeah you can't go why to, would you do it you can't go way. to a coon hunt and have a good time and yeah. at the end of the cast shake everybody's hand say buddy right. we had a good time even though i got screwed or whatever i'm <laughs> gonna say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah just shake yeah. everybody's because that's what they remember they remember you being a good person if you mm. want to be an ass they're going to yeah. remember everybody's gonna say that guy's an ass yeah you know but if you go and be a good sport and call your dog what they're supposed to be doing yeah. And shake everybody's hand at the end of it. Exactly. That's, that's the way it's sports supposed to be. Oh, yeah. I agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly, yeah. Chet. Date is get together mm-hmm. over the phone, and we'll do a full-blown podcast, you know. And this here at Autumn Oaks, I'm basically trying to, you know, meet several people and mm-hmm. and have a – well, we've been at it 22 minutes here. Don't seem like it's been like, 15. I know. <laughs> it's a, so I, I, we're going to cut this short for now. Uh, you got a cast to guide yeah. tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be going how far from the fairgrounds? 20 minutes. 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Man, you're the guy I wanted to draw. Oh, that's everybody says to me. You know, <laughs> I had a guy last night say, I want you to guide me tomorrow night. I said, buddy, I got nothing to do with that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just go where they tell you. Yeah. Huh? Right. Well, I hope you have a good cast of Grand Knights and bring back one with the score enough to get in the top 16. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> we treated sure. Dukun last night. Yeah. Then they boo-hooed it for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, back in the old days of the three-hour hunts, I don't know if you're oh old enough to God. remember them, but we had three-hour hunts. Well, you could get out there and get a pretty good score, but the but the hard part was keeping that score for three hours. Yeah. I'll you know? tell you why I love the hour hunts, especially yeah. when you get older. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember being at UKC, you know, and they got a, this idea of a two-hour hunt, mm-hmm. you know, and and not everybody was for it, yeah. you know. I know John Wick said, if you're a good hunter, you ought to want to hunt four hours instead of yep. three. I remember him. But I said, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I said, John, these clubs, they can't get enough guides to yeah. keep these dogs busy for three hours, oh, you yeah. know. The, the property, uh, you know, the issue of having enough land, the issue of keeping your guide out all night, he's got to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And all those things, got to you've got to figure them in the equation. Well, especially financially for a guy who goes to a hunt. If you can hunt two hunts in one night. Yeah. That's better for you. Yeah. Than if, well, you we know. came up with these double headers yeah. when I was with AKC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's a great idea. Yeah. You know, I, a friend of mine down in Florida, he 
posted the other day. He got three wins on his on his plot dog, and I'm like, Gordy, where'd you go? Yeah. What'd you do? He said, Well, the club there had two double headers. Mm-hmm. He said, I won three casts in two nights. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's yeah. that's nothing wrong with that. No, no. Uh, no. make it more convenient. No, yeah. Uh, I am in favor of keeping the rules where the dog coon dog comes to the top. You know, you don't want to get to the point where we're giving participation trophies away yeah, and that sort of thing. But still, if you can accommodate, you know, times change. Mm-hmm. And uh, the old day, days, the old years ago, hard hunters, if, you know, if you didn't hunt till daylight, you know, you were considered, a, you know, a softy or a candy. Well, I was, you know? we was talking a while ago to some guys about, you know, pleasure hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't believe me. I used to take three and four dogs by myself. Yeah. He said, did what? I said, I used to hunt three or four dogs by myself. Yeah. How you do that? You take four dog leads. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. dog trees, you tie them to the tree. Tie them up. Another one is running, you fall the other one in uh-huh. the tree, you go tie them to the and tree. You gather them all back yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And then when you get done, you go back to the first tree and shoot that coon out. <laughs> then you go to the next dog's tree and shoot that coon yeah. out. Then you go to the next one. I've hunted. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I hunted four by myself, yeah. but I've hunted three before. Well, that's when I was young and limber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's for sure. Yeah. Chad, it's been a great yeah. uh, uh, pleasure for me to talk to you. Uh, Tyler uh, certainly uh, was not wrong. He told me, he said, you need to talk to my uncle. So we're going to get together and talk again. Oh, yeah. All right. Can well, I have that commitment? I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, let's do it yeah. again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And good luck. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Maybe we'll get, back, get you back on you and tell us a little bit about your cast. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Chet McCreary yeah. here from uh, a member of the Wayne County Coon Hunters and uh, here from the Autumn Oaks. And we're going to wrap up uh, day number one, the Friday event. Well, actually, it started on Thursday. So this is the second day. It's finishing now. Uh, it's about 6.40 in the p.m., kind of quiet here in the headquarters building. Uh, it'll be uh, noisy later on as these cats come back in with the scorecards and all the stories and so forth. But at any rate, we're going to wrap it up for day uh the second day of Autumn Oaks, and we'll have more interviews tomorrow. All right, here we are, day two of the uh, Autumn Oaks. Actually, it's the third day. This thing starts on Thursday, but uh, tradition has it Friday, Saturday. That's when the big dogs, the Grand Knights, and all that stuff go to the woods, and we've completed the uh, the first night for the Grand Night Champions, and if you're in the headquarters building here uh, in the Coleman Center, you'll see that they've got a big screen on the on the side of the wall there with all the names coming up one at a time of the Grand 16. They'll be running that tonight uh, early, those 16 dogs and four cast, and then those four cast winners will go into a Final Four to decide who is the National Grand Night Champion of Autumn Oaks. I'm really happy to bring to the microphone this morning uh, a gentleman that I knew his dad very well and worked with him uh, when I was at PKC. And then when I heard this name being bannered about, I thought, well, uh, my old buddy Chip has come out of retirement. But uh, turns turns out it's his son, uh, Chip Kozer of the Joy Dog Food. How you doing, Chip? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for having <laughs> oh, me on. Oh, awesome to have you, for <clears throat> sure. Uh, you guys with Joy making a lot of noise lately around the country. What's going on? Well, ain't a whole heck of a lot other than the fact that why recreate the wheel? Dad already did it once. And once yeah. we, 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 in 2003, Dad had to sell the business. And uh, 
there was some rough times there with Joy from 2003 until mm-hmm. Wade Graskowitz, who founded High Standard Dog Food, bought the company. And we've been coming back since then. And we're really strong with the dog breeder world, the, you know, the guys that raise dogs and raise puppies for a living. Right. But as we started expanding back to the south, I ran out of those guys and we were <laughs> figuring out, well, what are we going to do down here? And dad already wrote the book. And, and I just, we love dogs with jobs. We love what this stands for. Right. Um, the camaraderie, the fellowship that sure. is competition dogs of any kind. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're glad to be back. That's cool. Well, I know a few years years ago, I actually, after I left UKC, they came up with that slogan, dogs that do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, which is pretty cool. I yeah. like that, you know, and that's, that's what this is all about. Well, there's a great tradition here, you know, dating back to 1960 with the Yottam Oaks and I was privileged for about 16 years uh, there between 83 and 97, 98 or so to, to kind of be the manager of Autumn Oaks due to my, you know, duties with UKC. So it's fun to come back, you know, each year. And the building we're sitting in right here used to be it. I mean, we did everything in this one building. And of course, now it's spread out into different venues and all. But uh, what's been uh, your reaction to Autumn Oaks this year? What, have, what do you see? What I'm seeing compared to the most recent years is people are back. Yeah. I mean, from all over the country. I mean, we just oh, yeah. I just talked to a guy here from Utah. Yeah. I didn't even know they had coons in Utah. For <laughs> I, it's got, yeah. But I mean, Kansas, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. West Virginia, South Carolina. Um, last year, it was packed, but. Yeah, it, it seemed a lot more regional more last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so well, it's exciting yeah. to see everybody get back on the road and and what I love about UKC events is the fellowship. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I love the other registries too. Oh But yeah. the fellowship yeah. of a UKC event mm-hmm. is what makes it unique. Well, you know, I the Coonhound community is kind of you know, there's a lot of fellowship that goes along with it. You know, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of BS, and no. sitting around. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's always been part of it, and I think that I think somebody it. actually told me the truth once oh, this weekend. Right? So far, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I've got a kid with me. Oh, actually, uh, he and our partners on a dog, and he is just consumed with coon hunting, you know. But this is his first trip to town, mm-hmm. so to speak. First time he's been at a big event. So I was laughingly saying the vendors are having a great that weekend because every time i see him he's got something else he's putting in the truck (laughs) so he's he's uh uh having a ball and that's what i love to see you know these younger people coming on and and all well what uh kind of i know that you uh have uh josh michaelis who's a well-known coon hunter and i listen to your fuel by joy podcast Mm -hmm. and that's going well and Josh is a good guy, and he's getting around the country, I guess, setting up dealers or whatever yes, for sir. you. And also, you guys are really getting making a commitment here mm-hmm. in our sport. Yeah, and like I think it's something that I tell people all the time. We want to support these events, the Beagle events, Bird Dog events. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my dealers all the time, we need to continue to that because if these events aren't successful – I'm only 45 years old. I got 20 years at least left to work, and I don't want to have to start dealing with the pet owners. 
Yeah. I said, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they're, they're a little exactly. bit crazy. I'd much rather come to a coon mm-hmm. hunter or be mm-hmm. one. So I was going to say, I, you guys aren't going to start a packaging joy in little packages and putting it on a refrigerator in a refrigerator case at the end of the I don't think there's any plans for that <laughs> yeah I don't think there's any plans for that <laughs> yeah well, uh, that's cool well I don't know uh, without getting too deep in the weeds here because I you know I'm definitely not an expert on dog food but I do believe in feeding a complete and balanced dog food and that's good for all life stages mm-hmm. of the dog and uh and I know that you guys are pretty proud of the fact, that, and when you hear about all these recalls, that you never had a recall with Joy. Yeah, it's your been, we, we found in 1945 and never had a recall. And, that's awesome. And, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That there's some luck to that, but also you put a lot of time and effort into making sure that doesn't happen oh, yeah. with, with well, the yeah. manufacturing yeah. process. Yeah. Um, and, and the one thing that, and there's other companies out there that are still doing it, but the one thing that I like to say is that we're formulating the dog's or the dog food for the nutritional needs of the dogs. Yeah. I think that there's yeah. a lot of companies out there that are formulating their dog foods for the whims of yeah. their owners, much yeah. more yeah. so than the nutritional Whatever's needs of the dogs. The, yeah, yeah. The whims and then yeah. the latest fads and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of maybe an off the wall question, but it's an honest one from my own standpoint. What, how does joy deal with or, or feel about this grain free, no grain free? What, what kind of what's Joy's position on all that? Dogs need carbohydrates. Dog dogs were domesticated for thousands of years before we had refrigeration. Their guts are much different. They need carbohydrates to be able to absorb their proteins. <laughs> if you get corn, rice, wheat, whatever, the way we process dog food, those carbohydrates are pretty much all created equal. They're all going to be about ninety eight percent digestible. <laughs> um, on the grain-free diets, there's nothing on the surface wrong with a grain-free diet because they do provide carbohydrates with peas or potatoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the issue is your peas are also 20% protein. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually getting less animal protein into a More expensive vegetable. in an expensive bag of dog food because I'm getting out vegetable protein mm-hmm. from the peas as well. Yeah. And my proteins aren't going to be as digestible yeah. as are, they are with yeah. um, uh, you know, something that doesn't right. have those peas in it. Um, the grain free, we have a grain free product, but honestly, the time I push it is obviously if a consumer buys it, I'm not going to tell them don't, oh, yeah. but, um, we pretty much push it for a severe allergy case where there is an allergy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to the dogs with jobs, uh, I've got no issues whatsoever. Sure. I, I'm not yeah. a grain free pusher. Well, I've never used it. And of course I, some of the cautions to do that have come out about, mm-hmm. know, well, and, and there's certainly some issues there, mm-hmm. um, yeah. with with yeah. uh oh for with the taurine a lot of times dog dogs get a mineral called or taurine from their meat, meat source because mm-hmm. those grain free products don't have as much meat in them they have to supplement that taurine in and that was what was causing those enlarged hearts ah, is there was some companies that were not supplementing that taurine back in yeah yeah so i hear you well uh you know the hunters are really talking about uh, on social media and all you hear a lot of people talking about joy and you see more people feeding it now and i just think they're really glad the coonhound community is glad that you're you know I know you really didn't go anywhere probably for the last few years, but it's like joy's back and we're glad. Oh, so that's well, what I'm here. No, 100%. I mean, and it, and we're blessed to have a good team put together to be able mm-hmm. to do that. But quite, we're just happy. I mean, 
in my opinion, this is America at its finest. These events like mm-hmm. this, Beagles, whatever the case mm-hmm. might be, there's enough enemies out there that are trying to end what we do Absolutely. for fun. We're glad to put our support towards mm. those types of organizations yeah. that are going to continue right. hundreds right. of years old right. traditions. Right. And not to mention, we're really happy to be back involved with the, the yeah. youth stuff. Oh, because that's, yeah. I mean, that's what my granddad, my dad said back in the day, the reason they really got heavy into youth is because they didn't have to pick favorites. They just had to love the kids. That's awesome. You know, yeah, and, that's a good quote. because everybody and their brother, they want you to sponsor him or feed this dog. Well, this guy's going, why didn't they pick me? Nobody mm-hmm. says that about the kids. We can yeah, take care of the exactly. kids and it's, it, it's everybody's happy. Yeah. Well, some of the most fun times I had at PKC was built around the Joy mm-hmm. Youth Championship. So I know it wasn't as a participate because I don't th- <laughs> I don't think Joy's been around that dang long. <laughs> no. Although I, we were talking earlier, I do remember my dad feeding Joy when I was just a kid, you know. But, yeah, to be there, you know, of course, that 10 days – it depends on what you, how you looked at. Somebody, some people would say it was ten days from hell, and other people would say it's probably the most exciting, fun ten days they ever spent. But on the PKC staff, we were there in that tennis center ten days in a row, mm-hmm. and we started off with the super stakes back then, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then we got into the world hunt, and then at the end of the world hunt, those last two days was the youth championship. That's when all the kids and all the parents and everything started pouring in mm-hmm. to Aurora, and it was a big old fun time. I mean, it was exciting. Yeah. Well, and the one thing that was really neat to me, looking back through my dad's old records and stuff, is. Uh, I didn't realize we did this, in the, um, but I think it's pretty neat. We actually did press releases for every one of those kids back to their hometown paper. Oh, that's cool. And so yeah. I've got all these articles, these, these newspaper neat. clippings yeah. of Scott Engel or whoever it was oh, yeah. and qualified for the world champion youth hunt, mm-hmm. coon hunt, PK, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. like that, like it made it a big deal, sure. made those kids feel really special. Oh, yeah. And I, I talked with somebody the other day and i had rusty jones mm-hmm. on and rusty was in that program made the final four one year mm-hmm. i think and all that and we did this deal i thought boy you know all these parents are here and they're so proud of these kids and all that and i said we always had down the restaurant there called will upon the catfish restaurant there near uh, the tennis center and then the kids would all be treated to a to uh, a, a lunch and and you'd have the jack you guys would provide the jackets and the hats mm-hmm. and all that for them and usually somebody like boy Trambor or somebody would talk to them and all and I said you know what if we gave these kids all a number if I produce a list of all these kids names with their dog's name and how and their earnings mm-hmm. and then the first kid on the on the list gets a number one as he goes out the door and tell him, when you get back to the tennis center, you get your dog and you line up at the back door. And we had somebody there to keep them all in line, okay? So I got this list. We start George Strait on the PA system saying, Dad, this must be the best day of my life. And I'm calling Pretty. Rusty Jones, Joe, 120. Yeah. And he walks out on the carpet and does a little deal. And mom and dad are out there. Oh, yeah. Kids, you know, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. No, that's what it's all about. You know, and the, but the number of guys like Rusty that, you yeah. know, they paid for a lot of their education with oh, that scholarship. Yeah. Exactly. Another one that came up to me, Grand American. First time we were back at the Grand American three years ago, Duran Link came up. Oh, me. yeah. He said, I don't know who you are, but I want you to tell my dad or tell your dad thank you because he and paid for most awesome. of my yeah. my education. 
Duran and Peanut, a little black and tan mm-hmm. dog. You know, yeah. he was a force back yeah. in those days. Yeah. My my, huh? my dad did say he says his grand has Duran gotten any smaller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Duran, I understand is doing very well in he life is. and uh, and all, and has a family now. And yeah, all, he so. does. I actually went and spent some time down with him in North Carolina. Oh, went to cool. a restaurant together. He's doing real yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what a heritage there, you know. And those kids you mentioned, Scott Engel, golly, what he's accomplished in he's the, had a hell of a year. World. Oh yeah. And that echo dog must be unreal. I'd sure like to go see him go. But, uh, yeah, well, Joy, you know, down through the years, I worked with the registries, and I was always, you know, looking for sponsors that would, you know, help me uh, recognize the hunters and all that stuff. And, and of course, at PKC, Joy was everywhere during those days, you know, and all. And uh, so they're they're appreciated in the sport by I mean, companies like yours mm-hmm. on a lot well, my, of different My dad levels. likes to say about PKC, Jarvis would get an idea. He'd call my dad to figure out how to pay for it, and then he'd <laughs> hand it to RD to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roger Dale was kind of the m- numbers guy. When I was there, he was the guy that kept all the numbers, you know. Yeah. Roger, I tried to get Roger on a podcast. Not interested. I said, well, what other, uh, what other uh, response would I expect from you, R.D.? <laughs> he, I enjoyed working with Roger. He was a good guy to work with. But uh, he's he's not real out there with his conversations and stuff. You know, he kind of. But uh, that's he, right. he's he's made some pretty big moves here. Oh, I've yeah. gotten out of his comfort zone in the last two yeah, years. We'll let him slide by without I, a podcast because he's done I, some good things. I know. I absolutely. That's for sure. For sure. Well, Chip, it's great to have uh, spent this time with. Well, we only did fifteen minutes, so you know what. Well, what good a, God, I know you we, at least have another half hour to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I know I inherited that from my dad, and I used to say, "Dad, you t- you talk way too much." And now here I, I am. I, I have find some, it just my like wife him. and I just moved this January. We're bringing her aunt home, and we needed more room. She's been sitting in a nursing home for two years. And oh, that's great. It's in isolation since it's COVID yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so we moved, and one of the rules was we needed to have an office on a separate floor because I don't have an inside voice, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, talk yeah. too much. And my wife said her folks are tired of getting, or she's tired of getting asked about dog food because everybody she's talking to on the phone is asking about dog food. So I have that problem, too. Right. Well, you know, I guess uh, Hank Williams Jr. is noted for that song, The Family Tradition, you know. Yes, sir. And so dog food and Joy Dog Food certainly a, a coastal family tradition. Which I've never done anything else. Yeah. I mean, Dad sold the business in 2003. I was telling you earlier, my degree was in engineering because I yeah. figured I'd learn how to make dog food. I can always sell it later. And so I was 24 years old, and when Dad uh, – sold it and didn't know what I was going to be. So I was, I put a tractor trailer to dog food on a credit card and became a dog food distributor from 2003 <laughs> to 2017 when I came back to work yeah. for Wade. So, yeah. um, it's really, I mean, yeah. well, when you're self-employed, there was some tangents that came along yeah. the way too, yeah. but yeah. it's all I've ever known. Yeah. Well, you know, the old saying, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I, I really didn't know your granddad personally, although I, I knew who he was and and know knew him to recognize him, you know, in the crowd. But you definitely have inherited that Kozer personality and carrying that tradition on. And so that's well, great. You. It's been great to spend time with you today. No, Chip. I appreciate the opportunity to be yeah. on here. And well, um, 
give Michaelis a run for his money. There you go. We'll see how the ratings go. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We should top him uh, this week for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Fueled by joy. If you haven't heard that podcast, look it up wherever you get your podcast. It's great. Josh Michaelis. Josh was by here uh, on Thursday when I got here. Got Mm -hmm. to spend quite a bit of time with him. So, well, joy dog food, man. Always supporting the Coonhounds. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right. Thank you. Man, we have a guest here uh, today here in the, the uh, headquarters building on Saturday at Autumn Oaks that I uh, first uh, got to shake his hand out in the Navajo Nation in Arizona back in, uh, oh, about three years ago, I think yeah. now, Jared about Moss. That. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, brother. Best hound dogs and best bird dogs, right? Yeah. Best bird dogs, uh, best gun dogs, yeah. Best gun dogs, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, you can't get better than the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, we've been we've been having a lot of fun. Yeah, I think well, I heard your podcast out here three years ago, and that sparked my interest to come out. And oh, cool! So yeah. I'm here because of you. Oh, how about that? <laughs> well, I'm honored that you are here, and uh, uh, I brought a guy out. Uh, from Virginia that I'm partnering with on a coonhound pup and it's his first autumn oaks and he's been having a ball. He went out on the cast last night, first cast he's ever been out on. Wow. He walked uh, along with Lane Denny who won the UKC World Hunt about three years ago. And also, yeah, but it's great. Well, it's a long way from here to Utah. Yeah. I had to get on a couple different airplanes to get here. Had to wake up about three in the morning. Hit Las Vegas, Nevada, and then flew into uh, Michigan. Got another huh? flight to Daytona and got in a car and drove this way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You, took, t- you took... drove from Daytona up here? No, Dayton. Oh, Dayton, Dayton Ohio. Dayton, Dayton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's only about an hour. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was quite a long day. When I used to fly to, into Automotes, I always went into Dayton, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's cool. Well, what's uh, what's been your impression so far? What you seeing here? And all you know, last anything? night when everybody gathered um, and they they started drawing for the hunt last night, and you had this whole room full of guys and and gals, and I don't think anything screams freedom more than a bunch of coon hunters yes. and uh, having a hunt and a bunch of families. There's a lot of families oh, here, yeah. and that is really yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you're a, a family man for sure. Tell us a little bit about your your crew out there. Yeah, back home we've got uh, me and Ashley, and then we've got... Well, Jared, we had a little hiccup there, uh, power failure, but we're back on online again here, hopefully. So um, where were we? We were talking about your family back yeah. home, and uh, what's it, what you got going on out there? these days we're getting ready for uh the fall upland season hmm? dove season started yesterday and we'll be hunting chuckers and and quail before too long but man it's hot we hmm. you know we had the monsoon season last last month and it was pretty nice coming in rain every day and cool things down but man when i left home it was hmm. 95 it was Whoa. way too hot for home my only experience with utah is flying into salt lake 
Yeah. And that would be when I'd take trips up to Cody, Wyoming and, and over there and I'd right. fly into Salt Lake and then hop over to, to uh, Cody. Yeah. And so how, where are you relation, r- relation to Salt Lake? If uh, you put a pin on the map of Salt Lake and Las Vegas, Nevada, I'm right in the middle of the two. I got you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, you you got a Western thing going on there for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, let's talk about uh, what I like to talk about. Sure. That's hounds. You bet. When I met you out there in in, uh, in Navajo Nation, you yeah. had a string of some nice-looking hounds. You had some yep. blue ticks. I do. Remember one little blue tick female that I, I liked that you had yeah. on that string. What what do you have for hounds now? Mostly, yeah, we're running a lot of blue dogs. Um, most of my pack now is blue. I've got a, a hand, one or two um, running walker dogs, but everything's mostly blue now. Mm-hmm. They're all coming on about five, six, and seven, so... We kept a couple of pups out of the last litter in there about a year now. Uh, was able to hunt really hard last winter. Hunted a lot of cats. Mm, I think okay. we hunted about oh, two or three months straight almost every day or every mm-hmm. other day. We got lions or bobcats? Lions. Or mostly lions. lions yeah. 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 Working for an outfitter out of Utah. and That's a lot of fun to see your dogs progress, you know. Oh, From the beginning yeah. of the season to the end of the season, it's when you can hunt that hard, you can make a hound. And it's a lot yeah. of fun. Oh yeah, you gotta fun. hunt them. Doesn't matter what you're after, you gotta hunt them. I, yeah, yeah. Well, years ago when I think of Utah, uh, there was a plot guy way back, and you may have read some some of the history of him. His name was Willis Butoff, and he was a lion hunter in in Utah. And uh, I don't know much about him. I knew he kind of got uh, his plots from Dale Brandenburger, who was a famous plot breeder in Illinois. But I heard stories about him. And there's a friend of mine that lived in Texas, Charlie Hill, and he went out and hunted with Willis. And he said he was a real character. He had a lot of great stories and all. But uh, So you're hunting mountains? You're hunting, yes, yeah. a lot of it's mountain, mountainous country. There was a few trees that we hiked into last winter that it was five plus hours in waist deep snow just to get to the lion oh tree. Oh my god! So it is. Uh, it's an experience of a lifetime. You know, we've had guys come from all across the country to hunt. And yeah. Well, you got to be dedicated to want to hike five and a half hours in, in wading snow. snow all yeah. so oh, you man. step off the snowmobile and you fall fall into your waist and you're thinking, what are we doing here? Well, I experienced a little of that in Michigan over the years that I lived there. You know, we'd get, uh, we'd get some snow and it, uh, it would uh, drift up, you know, and uh, and all. But I can't imagine that. Those days of taking hikes like that are over for me that's for yeah. sure but uh, i admire you guys and, and really glad to see you guys that can still do it that's yeah. for sure yeah. it's definitely a passion yeah 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 well uh, there's so many things i'd like to talk to you about um what is the ages of these dogs in your pack in your right now i think we've got oh, close to a dozen dogs just because we chase bears as well and if mm-hmm. you're gonna hunt bear day in day out you gotta have you're going to pound them, aren't you? Yeah, you got to have a pack of dogs. So mm-hmm. um, we got one older female that we're retiring. I think she's 10. And then handful of dogs at that six to eight mark. Handful mm-hmm. of dogs um, at that three-year-old mark, three to four-year-old mark. Right. And then kind of a gap there. I lost lost my two-year-olds on a on a lion on a cliff uh, mm. two, two winters ago. 
They mm-hmm. one got pulled off, and then one followed the line off, and unfortunately we lost both of them. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, tough. But. Well, you see those photos of those sheer cliffs and all. Everybody loves those photos of a, a pack bay and a lion up on a precipice or something. But yeah. you got to think one little false move and uh, my heart sinks when we oh, catch yeah. him on a cliff. I'm thinking, uh, oh, let's get yeah. him in there as fast as we can and get the dogs back and get him tied back because yeah. It's yeah. just too hard yeah. on them. That's too. Yeah. Well, my buddy Chris Powell and I started Houndsman XP podcast together, and Chris was really interested in the Western hunter and the Western dog, uh, big game dogs and all. I don't think he'd done any of that, and was really interested in it. And uh, and and, but at heart, I've always been a coon hunter. You know, sure. my father was a lifelong bear hunter, fifty some years, and I'd certainly bear hunted a lot. Uh, with my dad and later on after I was married and all, but coon hunting's always been the, been my heart. Yeah. It's been the thing that I've enjoyed so much. And, of course, I've worked with it so closely with the registries all these years. But uh, it's just, you know, I, I like to talk dogs. I like, My wife says, I can't believe how she says, you say women talk. You're on that phone for hours at times, you know, with that. But uh, it's just been a great, great sport. Did you go around, look around, see the, all the vendors and I all did. that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I was um, also, I was able to go out and see a couple of families that I'd met through um, HXP and, and through yeah. uh, DU Supply. Yeah. And those guys are scattered from one end to the other. And, just trying to find some shade this weekend a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. There yeah, isn't a lot of shade on this fairgrounds for sure. Yeah. Great really? vendors, great turnout. I think UKC has done a fabulous job. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't, haven't seen anybody squabble about an entry. or I mean, it's pretty seamless today. You know, it's it's moving oh, right yeah. along. I can imagine back when you guys were trying to put everything on pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a little, yeah, dip, yeah, more, a little harder. It was a little harder. And, you know, and then with the advent of the, you know, computers and all, we were able to generate labels and do all that stuff. But there was there's always still behind the scenes. Uh, this tabulating of these scores and there, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, there, you'll see around this building some some uh, breed association tents and all. Yeah. Uh, UKC has their each breed of coonhound and the leopard hound have their own what they call chartered breed association. Sure. And that's the one that kind of works closely with the registry to kind of oversee the breed, the breed standard, all that stuff. Well, UKC provides the data, and then these guys have to kind of tabulate who their winners are, who their high-scoring uh, high dog right. of their breed and all that. So all that's going on uh, behind the scenes on Saturday night. So all these people that look so cool, calm, and collected <laughs> on Sunday morning at the award presentation, they've been up all night been long. Been up all night, yeah. Yeah, doing all. But, of course, they've probably got systems now. They put a couple buttons and it's done. But it's done. it didn't used to be that way, trust me. I can imagine. But, but yeah, it is, it's neat to watch the operation yeah. and, and uh, people, the staff. Now, you know, none of the people that are working at uh, UKC now were there when I was there, except Todd Kellum. Wow. Todd worked with me. He was in my office, in my department when I was at UKC, yeah. and he's a VP at UKC now. But all the other guys, of course, I knew 
Alan Gingrich through our Beagle program while I was there and and all. But so, you know, they, things change, you know, but yeah. they've got a, a lot of uh, sharp uh, people and they know their jobs. And yeah, COVID was really hard on UKC because all of a sudden they had all these people working from home. Right. And they were, I guess, having to distribute this work out to all these different sources and dealing with the mails and all that. And so they get a little bad flat right now, and it's getting better for sure yeah. about the turnover time on their paperwork, right. especially registration into things. Now, I think on the... What was like my department, which we dealt with the events, you know, sure. more than the registration. And, you know, I think that's still keeping up really well. But it's getting better, you know, and it's just a crazy time. You yeah. know, I talked to uh, Matt, who's with the home office at UKC, and he's telling me that a lot of their employees now are, are working they're out of state. Remote. Yeah, remote. Yeah. He says, we're looking for good people. You know, and right. uh, I guess in a town like Kalamazoo of 100,000 people, there's only so many that you can find, that, you know, really adapt to what the work, you know. So. Yeah. But that's business today, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I've really been impressed with the with the show building. You know, I've spent a few hours over there. Oh, there's some beautiful dogs. Oh, oh my they? goodness. <laughs> beautiful hounds. I mean, you know, some of those guys and gals don't hunt those dogs and they just show them, but. Yeah, there's some really nice specimens over there, and that and that side's just as busy, just as busy probably as the hunting oh, yeah, side. I, yeah. I, I was so that's something that was new to me. I've always been into the hunting world and never really seen the show side of things, so that was kind of neat yeah. to watch. Well, you know, I've always been a hunting guy, performance guy. That was the thing that you know rang my bell. But right. through my job over the years and all, I had to kind of think about what can we do to because there's a lot of people. First of all, it's a good entry level for anybody. You know, kids yeah. can do that show I saw stuff. That. I saw a bunch of kids over there. I mean, yeah. some is just as tall as the dog, just exactly. trying to show them, you know, and they're learning. That's pretty they neat. They learn and they love them and they love the dogs naturally, right. you know, and there's a, a bond there. And then you, uh, you have the ladies, you know, the women have virtually taken over the Coonhound show world sure. because they're just so good at it. Right. They're more patient. They're not, you know, and they love those dogs and they spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. And it shows. And then the breeding aspect of the thing. I mean, uh, they actually, you know, do a lot, put a lot of thought in the costs that they buy and stuff. And, and these dogs all come from the basic hunting bat. Uh, sure. And that was one of the things when I was hired at AKC, they wanted me to bring all the UKC Coonhound breeds into AKC. And it, when I came aboard, it was just the black and tan Coonhound, the oh, long-eared, old-fashioned really? type. That's the only Coonhound AKC had. They That's called serious. it, a, that was the Coonhound. Right. And <laughs> But they knew that they're casting an eye over here at UKC and saying, look at all these dogs over there that right. we'd like to bring into AKC. So that was one of the jobs that I had, and I was I did get it done. We got all the, the Coonhound breeds brought into full recognition. Now when you Good. watch a Westminster dog show or something, you see them all there. Right. But in the background, I always had this little twinge of, you know, I don't want to see – the coonhounds become the Irish setter. Sure. 
you know, that sort of thing. Right. Beautiful, but But missing some of the function. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. But, you know, there's such a vibrant community of these these hunters. Sure. But it's amazing if you look at, at these pictures of winners and all. Right. You know, back in the day, you'd see the coonhound hunt winners. They were pretty common-looking dogs. A lot of you know, they didn't have straight legs and they didn't have tight feet and and all this stuff. But now you look at them. I mean, you know, so yeah, there's some the old form follows function thing. You know, and uh, so I I guess it's working out pretty good. I think Friday they had the the dual championship. So those dogs actually hunted the night before, if I understand correctly, hunted the night before. Had to win to even get to get in the show ring, so that's yeah. that's pretty neat. You know, that, that's, is that, that, that means a dog can hunt, put some game in, in in the box or in the tree, and then actually yeah. come in there and still look like he's supposed to. Yeah, and that's becoming more popular. I think it's been maybe this might be the third year or so for that. Yeah, they divide the do- the dog has to have a night title, a night championship, and has to have a show championship. So yeah. it's a dual champion dog, but then they hunt them on Thursday night, and if the they hunt them by breed, they uh, you you hunt only against other dogs of your breed. breed. Gotcha. But if you get that cast win, then that's your ticket to the show, show. on Friday. Yeah, and I understand a Treen Walker dog won it. That's I don't what know. I heard. It, that's yeah. what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So I I course i i've always leaned toward the plots and yeah. the first year a plot dog won it so. yeah and i've said this many times the very first autumn oaks way back in 1960 was won by a plot well, too plot. so yeah I've, not many I'm, times since but <laughs> <laughs> i'm still amazed that that at your memory because no. i walked in here and you recognized me immediately and then um yeah we and, well, and, you're and my you, peeps. You, you can yeah. recall really quick uh, facts and stuff. And, God, before I even knew, anybody even said anything, you said, hey, this autumn oak's been going on for 60-plus years. And that's <laughs> that's a that's a long time. It is a that, long time. That's awesome. I I'm think. old, Jerry. <laughs> well, I'm you're still, very old. I know, but you're getting around and doing well and still sharp as a tack. So kudos uh, to you, Steve. I'm impressed. Well, I appreciate that, Jared. I really do. And uh uh, it's just been, it's been my life. It's, you know, yeah. I, I was one of those rare, fortunate people that got to do something he absolutely loved his whole career. Right. And that doesn't come along every day, you no. know. And so I'm extremely grateful for that. And any time that I would get an opportunity to talk to a, a crowd of people, particularly coon hunters, sure. I'd always try to take the time to say, you know, I, I just want to say thank you to all of you because you provided a very comfortable living for me. You educated my son. Uh, you know, you gave me, uh, you know, I, my family and I owe all of that to you, you sure. know, and I do feel that way, honestly, yeah. you know, it's uh and I, I, you know, I think about. It, I was just talking to Terry Walker, who publishes Four Hound magazines, American Cooner, Full Cry, The Rabbit Hunter, and Hunter's Horn, which is a foxhound magazine. And talking about going forward, and I said, you know, Terry, I've thought about retiring from the writing 
aspects of things, you know. And But I'd still like to see those magazines go on. Right. So I've kind of committed. This will be a little, little announcement here uh, on Gone to the Dogs that I'm going to write, uh, continue to write for American Cooner. John Wick, who has kind of occupied the first four or five pages in that magazine for years, years. Yeah. has retired now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we're going to bump. Gone to the Dogs is going to be up on the in, on the front row, and, right. and uh, Terry said, "Well, I'm going to need four four or five pages every month out of you." So <laughs> I said, "Well, do I want to do that?" And I'm thinking, "Well, I'm sev- I'll be 76 in in November." Wow! So uh, I'm thinking, "Well, maybe I'll do that for about four years." I'll look at it kind of like a college degree <laughs> or uh, the four years I spent in the military. Right. But but eighty should be enough. No, that's enough. <laughs> but we'll see. But, you I'm know, just I, like, I was that young kid that couldn't wait for that magazine to come in the mail yeah. and read those articles. And, awesome. and it was all bird dog stuff. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure there's some young kids and and. Uh, that are that are still looking forward to the stories and still looking forward to the talk. And, well, I hope so. You know, yeah. so many of the kids get their news off the internet now, and we all do. But you know, I like the print media. You know, I love I books. Too. I love you know to pull. I you know just randomly, I'll just walk through the house and walk over to bookcase and pull out something, oh. and flop it over, start reading Dub Evans slash Ranch slash Ranch House right. or, or or Brave or one of those yep. books. You know yep. and. And I, I, I just always loved that stuff. But Full Cry was the the bomb back in the uh, – that wasn't even a term when I was a kid. But, <laughs> you know, to read those old stories by writers like O.L. Beckham and Ope Corey, who was from out Idaho, I think. Thanks, he was yeah. a big game guy. And, oh, man, I, I – as we say, cut my teeth on that stuff, right. you know. Yeah. So you were, what were you reading? Like Hunter's Horn? I um, mean, like uh, American Field and stuff like that? Yeah, a little like bit that? of American Field, Gundog magazine. Gundog, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of Upland publications I don't think are around anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, reading those stories made you want to, man, I can't wait until oh, yeah. I can get my driver's license and go yeah. pheasant hunting. And, oh, I love the old bird hunting stories, yeah. you know, and, and anything like that. I, I William Faulkner is one of my favorite authors. You yeah. read any of his stuff about the big woods in Mississippi? I have back read in the day. It's you been, know? A, been a long time ago. So but yes, they were I do know that name. You know, and then uh, what is it, Ruark or whatever? The old man and the boy oh, yeah. there yep. in the Carolinas. And those stories, they oh. just they did reach to your soul, don't oh, they? Oh man, yeah. And I've always been kind of a romantic anyway you yeah. know and and that's one of the things i uh, kind of changed my attitude about my hounds you know when i first grew up you know everybody had a hound they had them staked out to a bear a uh, doghouse somewhere sure. and then m- more and more people start building what we call dog pens where the dogs had more room my dad's kennel for years consisted of a large enclosed area that was dog proof right and individual dog coops with six foot or whatever chains the dogs were free to roam in that big pen Pen, anytime he was home or whatever but if he's going away or overnight he'd snap them up to their box and they'd be and that was our that was our kennel right you know but as I started to bring dogs inside, yeah, my the stimulus for that, I guess, was reading these bird dog stories, yeah, 
there was a guy named Bauer. Hmm. Can't recall. He used to write for America. Uh, Well, back in the day when I was a kid, it was uh, Sports Afield. Yep. Field and and Stream. stream I read a lot of Field and Stream. Outdoor Life. (laughs) Yep. Those were those three outdoor magazines, you know. Yes, sir. And uh, so uh, it it was, uh, but this guy would write about going, being on a motorhome, and he's going to this bird hunt somewhere, and and his his, uh, setter was curled up under the table while he's riding Riding, and all this. And that picture, I said, I want to do that with my hounds. Exactly. You know? And so, you know, for the last few years, I've kept my, my, I haven't kept a lot of dogs, but my dogs have all been family dogs indoors, you know? Yeah. One of our retired hounds, Josie, she just hangs out at the house and, yeah, and lays on the couch out, out, out on the back porch. And my little girl loves that dog. You know, we, we were able to get her about seven years ago, six years ago. And from day one, my little four year old girl could, grab a hold of that dog and tell her to get on the box that's tell awesome her to, so you know those those old hounds that have been around the block they're it, it's you know yeah. it's her turn it's her turn to retire and just oh, relax yeah. and have fun yeah. and, and a hound can be a great companion they can be you awesome know. companions yeah I, I, yeah I've, I've got some hounds that are closer to my kids than my bird dogs just just because they know when to turn it off we're hanging yeah. out at the house and they know when to turn it on and get hunting so. yeah yeah good. yeah well there's a lot of activity next door to our booth here is the ukc uh podcast, podcast. booth yeah. and right down the way from that is their headquarters area where they uh you know confirm the entries and do all that stuff so it's pretty busy and a little noisy in here too but uh well, well I, we better give w a plug Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of missing old Jason. I was hoping he's going to be here so I could well, give him a hard time. Well, I'm going to I'm going to embarrass Jason just a little bit here. I don't get an opportunity to do that very often. <laughs> he uh, sent me a lot of stickers and all oh, kinds of lanyards and all of this stuff. But guess what? I got the notice to it and it said it was going to arrive on Thursday. On Thursday. And that's in Florida on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I texted him back. I said, Jason, I got bad news for you, buddy. I, I got, uh, I'm not going to be able to have all the merch. All the you merch, know, this, yeah. uh, But th- those are great guys out they there. They are. They are such good guys. But I, Buddy gets mad if you give him a commercial, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't want to get plug him on because he's, a, he's a good company but oh, yeah. just just say time to pay the bills do you supply their good guys move on yeah you know? he does he doesn't want the formal stuff you know but they they seriously are i a can great give company. them a great plug we were do in south that. dakota hunting and i had a uh, collar go down and i called jason and he overnighted me a collar out to the middle of nowhere in south dakota and uh who and does that? Who, right? no, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So plug the DU and and I appreciate them guys. It was oh, it was it was great to be able. I I obviously had a couple of spares. It wasn't a panic, mm-hmm. but Jason said, "Hey, I'll just get one to you. Yeah. No worries." Yeah. And yeah. So Jason, that's the kind of guy that W has. Yeah, we. Uh, I actually met Jason for the first time. I'd met Buddy before. He'd been. He's been to Autumn Oaks, and yeah. he was just drifting around, you know, and just met him, introduced type thing. But Jason came down like three years ago. He was here at Autumn right. Oaks, and uh, he talks about it all the time because after uh, Friday night, I think it was. 
uh, we out, went out to dinner, and then everybody came up to uh, Nubbin and my running mate there mm-hmm. uh, to our room, and we just sat around and sipped some of Nubbin's homemade wine and had just the stories flew, right. were flowing, and Jason just loved that. Okay. And he talks about that all the time coming back right. in. Jason's a great guy. I love he- hearing him talk about his kids like yes. you. He's got uh, his young boys, you know. He just yeah. he was just on a fishing trip here with them the other day, and he sends me the pictures of the kids That's and awesome. all that. And Jason is my guy. I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, he he's uh, and he's the one really that I think went to Buddy and said we need to do this podcast, podcast. network right. and all that stuff. So he kind of oversees all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I, I th- can't say enough about those. I guys know. I think great. it's just going to be positive to have. Multiple people and multiple channels and just going to yeah. be a place where people exactly. can come and learn. It, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be really neat. Well, Ben Sheets came by yesterday and I, did I talked run. to him. Did you run into yeah, him? Yeah, I ran into Ben as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, of course, I think he's kind of gone off on his own a little bit maybe with his podcast and all. But he, I think, started out yep. uh, with uh, DU. Yes, he did. So uh, yes. the only thing I wish we could do with DU, a lot of people have trouble finding my podcast. podcast yeah. Uh, gone to the dogs because it's on the DU platform. You can't just go on Apple podcast and put on search sure. gone to the dogs. It doesn't come up. Sure. You've got to go into the uh, hound podcast yeah. DU supply. Right. So anybody out there listening, there's my buddies, the Prumer boys just walked by. <laughs> I always have to catch up with them every week. Uh, every year at Autumn Oaks, there's four of those brothers. Wow. They all coon hunt. I only see two of them right now. But well, that's uh, proof of that family. Oh, I mean, yeah. What yeah. a family out here. They're from Illinois. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'll just tell anybody that's listening. Oh, if you're listening, you know how to, to find the podcast. So I guess that's a little bit. Uh, the great thing on my Apple is I just have the regular Apple podcast app that comes with my Apple device. And I just have those, you know, whatever comes through W stream is just downloaded to my phone every week, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so then I have to just open up W and pick the show and yeah, good to go. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I have uh, just everything's, you know, the four or five podcasts that I listen to re- almost every week, they're just automatically popping yeah, in there. That's so. good. Good way. That, good advice. Yeah, yeah. And just if you can, if, you know, you subscribe to W or whatever it is, and then all of the... All of the podcasts under that that W Hunt podcast will show up in there. Yeah. So it's a little harder to find, but at least it's downloaded every time. Yeah. And then if I don't have service, I can I can um, still listen because it's downloaded to the yeah. phone. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember the first year that right after we rolled out Houndsman XP, uh, we spent the whole weekend, and that was the year that Jason was out here. We spent the whole weekend with people's phones in our hands showing them sure. how to they how do you get a podcast? You, what is a podcast? Is a podcast? <laughs> yeah. You know? And and yeah. I was one of those people not long before we started doing yeah. doing them. And yeah. now there's several hound podcasts out yeah. there and that's good. It's all so far it's all been positive. You know, the guys are putting out good content and uh, and also yeah. Well what's What's coming for the future? Now, you had the spring bear season already, right? Yeah, or, I actually, or summer or I actually get on a plane tonight, and I've got a bear hunt tomorrow. I've got oh, a client coming in tomorrow evening. I really feel so, sorry for you. So, so i got to hurry home and load dogs and load oh, the truck and man. get to it. So. 
The yeah. day jo- your day job is bear hunting with hounds. Bear how hunt. how yeah. bad is that? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> this last year and a half, I've been really fortunate to do a lot That's of great. a lot of That's hunting. Great. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt as much as I can yeah. this fall and this winter yeah. too. Well, I tell you what, I want to get you back on and we'll get a a, a wrap up of that season, See, how everything went, and all that stuff. Would love to. Could do that. You yeah, bet. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Well, I'm really glad you stopped by. Good to uh, see Jared. You, Steve. Yeah, it's always good to see you too. And uh, I hope you have fun. And you're flying out of Dayton. In yeah, la- flying later out of Dayton today. this evening. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, red eye yeah. back home. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. But I Heading do that so that I can go run my hounds. That's right. <laughs> we do what we have to do. That's to right. you get there. All right. There's Jared Moss with uh, best hound dogs and best pointing dogs. Best gun dogs. Yes, sir. Gun dogs. I still can't get it right. Well, I got the hound part. That's right. Thanks for coming, Jay. You bet. Well, the great thing about this podcasting thing is you get to meet a lot of great people and uh, interesting people and We've been stopping by the booth here all weekend, and man, we're really excited today about uh, having this young man here. He's kind of been in the spotlight in the Coonhound world for the last few years. In 2019, he won the UKC World Championship, and that, that's not too shabby. Mr. Lane Denny, how you doing, Lane? Man, I'm great. How are you, Steve? Oh, awesome, man. It's great to have you by and uh, see you and get the howdy and shake with you you know we did a little podcast with you way back there in the in my houndsman xp days and it was a big hit yeah absolutely yeah it's uh i figured we better catch up a little bit it's been a little bit that's right that's right well i see you're still at it pretty pretty strong and uh what's what's been going on i know you kind of retired the old girl didn't you Yeah, yeah so uh you know like i said in 19 we won the ukc world hunt with her um you know and and previous she was a truck winner won her truck things like that we was blessed you know uh and after we won the the ukc world hunt with her we you know i was kind of debating on whether or not to retire i had shot the young dog out of big money and her coming up that i'd been hunting and and uh you know, he was really starting to crank it on so uh you know we we i was just kind of going back and forth and and uh you know i took her uh i took her to the pkc nationals the following spring and and um i got to hunt her i think one or two nights out there uh i believe I actually hunted her one night um but uh you know and then you know she just she like i said she didn't owe me anything and i was like man you know i i, I want to put more time in the shot and start pushing him because he was ready to start being pushed and so uh so i thought you know what i i'm gonna hunt her at ukc purina nationals um and then uh and then i'm gonna retire and that's what we did uh you know, and, and uh, we, we retired her at Pier Internationals the following year there. And and far as from the hunt, you know, and, and uh, but we still coon hunter. You know, she uh, that's what she lives to do. You know, that's what these dogs live to do. And, and you know, uh, she's fattening out of shape right now. Every huh? summer I let her get a little fat and out oh, of shape. Yeah, and, yeah. and then come wintertime, I'll go to treadmilling her, running her a little bit on the side by side and get her in shape and, and just I, hunt her a little bit in the wintertime. You know, just let yeah. her do what she loves to do because yeah. she definitely don't owe me nothing. You well, know, so. absolutely. Well, how old is she now? She's 10. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, she good. turned 10 in May. Um, I've been done. Yeah. Yep. You, could, you couldn't tell it other than her gray face and her gray legs. You know, yeah. she's, she's all heart. She always has been yeah. from from a baby you know and yeah. and uh you know just the other day i was i let her out like she stays in the house and uh i let her out of the house to use the bathroom i was loading the dogs to go hunting and 
and she jumped on the tailgate, man. You talk about really get to you. It, it oh, really got to yeah. me, you know. And and uh, it just it just it just reminds you just how fast that time goes. It oh. seemed like yesterday she was, you know, eleven month old puppy, and uh, now she's ten years old, you know. And and you know we just we just want to enjoy the time what we got time left with her, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, oh for you, sure, you know that's that's the main goal, you know, just yeah. let her live her her life out, and yeah, because she definitely don't owe us nothing. She has been. Yeah beyond great to us you know both both performance wise and now now reproducing wise you know it's starting to show up and and that was my ultimate goal when we did retire i i thought man yeah i wanted to for one have something out of her that i could hunt in the hunts and push in the hunts and and so um you know the first cross we made was with big money and i kept the dog shot out of that end up getting shot back and and uh so you know he's the one i'm pushing now and uh but as far as reproduction wise goes she's it's, her her puppies are starting to show up you know of course we bred her to big money the first cross and we bred her to willie and then this last uh cross bred her to rodeo and you know mm-hmm. big money cross was very successful uh willie cross absolutely very successful mm-hmm. and and these rodeo puppies uh, are showing up they're going to start showing up, I would say, this next spring, you know. And, mm. and uh, but, you know, that was our ultimate goal yeah. when we did retire. We wanted to to see her, her name in the future, you know, and, and you know, the 33 generations from now on to see her name on papers, you know. And, yeah. and, and you know, because she just, uh, she don't owe us nothing. And, and she was a special dog to us. And, and I want to be able to, to see her make an impact on the coonhound world mm. for years to come oh well i'm sure that she will and you know those memories are uh you know when you're an older fella like i am you know you there's a lot of memories and we and the older you get the more those memories mean to you and that 10 years or whatever god decides to give in me whether it's 10 or 15 or whatever you know that's brief period of time you know but there's so many memories there that you will never forget. Oh, yeah. they will be with you forever, you know. And you yeah. and she'll probably, I would imagine now, uh, will probably be the yardstick that you're measuring, you know, all all the dogs down through your life, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you say, the memories they'll never fade. I've I've met some of my best friends because of that dog, uh, mm-hmm. and not just her in general, just coonhounds in general. Some of the best people I've ever met in my life, and I call them my best friends now, and and uh, was because of this sport, you know. But like mm-hmm. you said, you, you know, you can take away the trucks you won, you can take away the fifty thousand in PKC she won, and in the world championships and this and that. And I'm telling you, she would still have a pin at my house till she died. You know, mm-hmm. she was just special to me. Um, she she yeah. taught me a lot about this sport. Right. She really did. Uh, she she taught me that you know that a lot of them dogs man they they uh they lack uh, one thing in its heart and 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 she taught me that that's something you can't breed in them you know you you, you can't train in them and they just got it you know and that's yeah. that's one thing she yeah. had but yeah, yeah the, there's countless memories you know i oh, feel yeah. like that i'll for forever remember you know well you know we put up with the little thing of them coming in season sometimes and before there's a big hunt or whatever but you know, it's like my buddy Randy Smith up in Pennsylvania, you know, he always likes to hunt females. And then he's got, you know, the choice of breeding just like you. I mean, with the outstanding female like him, of course, I'm sure everybody wanted to breed to her. Uh, but, you know, you can kind of pick and choose, you know, and you've mentioned some pretty standout dogs there that you bred her to. Uh, and that's an advantage that you have from hunting a female right yeah absolutely you know um we like i said when we decided to start breeding her um i didn't want to breed her every time she come into heat you know Mm -hmm. because i love coon hunting her too much you Mm -hmm. know and i didn't want to put her through that but 
I, I wanted to pick, you know, three, maybe four, you know, good stud dogs that had good guys behind them. And I feel like that, that I have, you know, I feel oh, like yeah. I picked, you know, uh, you sure. know, three that's in my opinion, uh, three of the best stud dogs with the best people behind them that you can pick, yeah. you know, and that, and that means a lot because, you know, like you, you said, you know, I, I, each of these stud dogs that I've bred to, the men that own the stud dogs have had a puppy and they've pushed them. Yeah. And, and that helps a million, oh, you know, it really yeah. does, you know. Well, we say it all the time, you know, but unless you can get these pups in the hands of hunters, you know, it, it's a futile thing, you know. That's the key. I mean, the, it can be the best re reproducer in the world if you don't hunt it, you know, what's, yep. what's going to happen. Well, I was particularly interested when you bred to Willie, you know, of course, two world champions yep. there. Well, he's a two-time world champion with AKC and yeah. UKC and then with Emmy and all that. That was kind of a... Really exciting litter. What what about that litter? What? I, well, I tell you, that litter right there has been probably one of the the most successful litters that she's had as far as a, a whole litter as a whole. Um, that litter there uh, has got I don't know. I, I would be lying if I told you the exact number, but I know there's at least four <laughs> of them that are uh, grand night champions or night champions. You know, mm. and of that litter, I would say that litter alone's probably got around. Fifteen thousand dollars in PKC mm -hmm. pup earnings. Um, it was a great. It was a great, great option, um, and it was a great cross. You know, yeah. Jr. Gray is he's, he's one of my better friends now. Yeah. And you know, and, and he's a good guy. You can't. You will not meet a better group of guys than them guys right mm -hmm. there. And and uh, you know, he's got one off of her that he's pushing. You know, he, yeah, yeah, he won yeah. the tournament of champions with Connor, and and ended up getting rid of him. But now he's got that little female he calls Scar. She's right. out of Emmy and uh, and Willie, and, and he really really likes her. And, and uh, he says she's she's a pretty nice little female. So, but you know, you know, you got that dog, and then you got the. Uh, 4x floyd dog that's out yeah. of that cross and and uh that's a pretty good dog and then then you got carolina game changer um one that i was hunting up here at autumn oaks for mr johnny and and uh, he's a good dog too and and you know and, and there's just there's two or three more out of that cross that are good coon trees yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. it was it was a good cross it really was yeah. it was a, it was a neat one because you know to that time there hadn't been two world champion crosses in a long time right? I, I, that yeah. I can remember. Of course, I'm young and I ain't been around forever, mm -hmm. but I know it had been a while since there was two world champion yeah. crosses. You probably, you know, well, I can go back to when Dick uh, Brothers uh, bred the Terra female. Uh, and who did he breed to? But it was a world champion cross. But that's way back. Yeah, We're right. talking way back there. And all, yeah, that's kind of you know what got my caught my eye with it. I said that's and the, and the dogs kind of complemented each yeah. other. They're kind of same color dogs. Yeah, yeah. And, and stuff, if, you, and if you put Emmy and Willie, especially when they's both two year old, you know, put them side by side, you would think that they was half brother and sister or yeah. something, you know, because yeah, yeah. they they got that color. You know, they're yeah. they're beautiful hounds. And, oh yeah. And they threw that in their puppies. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, about every ninety percent of that litter was just absolutely just great looking mm -hmm. hounds. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, had that the color that i like in them you know and mm -hmm. and uh you know it's it is you know that helps you know a oh, lot, yeah. you know so now the shot dog is out of big money yes then. sir yeah uh, now that litter was very successful as well that was the first litter um and uh there's out of that litter i would say there's around twenty thousand in pkc earnings um see shots got right around eighteen thousand in pkc mm -hmm. earnings and then uh, Colton Atwell, he owns one in Iowa, um, call him Millionaire, and he got him in the semifinals of the Super Stakes as a one-year-old. And and uh, But then boys don't hunt in a bunch of hunts, really. They just like pleasure hunting, but that's a good dog, too. Um, another one out in Oklahoma, 
called Fit. I raised her, um, ended up selling her to that mm-hmm. boy. She's a good dog. She's she's a PKC champion and all that too. But yeah. you know that that cross was very good too. Yeah. Um, that was the that was the first cross, and and that really opened my eyes. You know, when I started seeing them puppies. You know, which big money's a good reproducer. You know, oh, it's, yeah. I'm not sitting oh, here yeah. saying it's all Emmy because it's right. not. It's it takes a good male dog too. But um, you know, when I started seeing them dogs, how how they was starting to act and and started seeing them win a little bit, mm-hmm. I thought you know that'd be pretty neat if if the, if when I do cross her again, if those puppies do the yeah. same thing. And you know, it turns out they have. You know, yeah. um, you know, I got a I got a picture sent to me. Jr. Gray, matter of fact, he mm-hmm. he. Believe it or not, it's it's JR's good friend of mine. Like I said, he kind of keeps up with that more than I do. But he he sent me a picture uh, back early July of uh, the reproducers all or the current reproducers list right. in UKC, yeah, and, and Emmy was that. on it. And yeah. uh, and then he sent me another one the other day, and she's moved up to to number three. You know, so uh, it, that's a pretty neat deal. Um, oh, yeah. You know, along with that, she last spring um, out of shots litter, the big money litter, that litter. Uh, got her a uh, breeder of the year award. She wasn't breeder of the year. She was third, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, she got a breeder's award for that too. That's so cool. it's it's neat, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, and especially like her raising her, that's what it's all about. You you want to you want to see your dogs reproduce good, and you want to see them dogs in papers for years to come. Oh, you know, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and it's 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 a blessing. You know, it's so cool how how she impacted my life. You know, and everybody else's life through, in the woods. But now it's looking like her puppies are going to do the same. Yeah. So that's just a dream come true, really. Well, so basically, out of two litters, she's made this reproducers list. Yes, sir. Because basically, your so. rodeo pups are too yes, young. Yes, right? they're just a year old. Rodeo yeah, yeah. pups are just a year old. Yep. So mm-hmm. two two litters. She's made the list of. Mm-hmm. You know, of the two litters, she had eight the first time, and then the Willie Cross, she had uh, eight as well. Uh, so that's sixteen puppies. Of those sixteen puppies, to my knowledge, I would say probably. Let's see. I would say there's at least eight of them titled you know whether mm. well there's at least 10 of them titled whether it be in pkc or ukc gotcha. you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah, it's awesome. a it's a neat deal you yeah. know well i noticed uh when you were campaigning the shot dog and he seemed to be just pretty early on he started winning he was a pretty bright pup yeah he, he was you know um you know it's just like everything else we had some polishing we needed to mm. do when he's younger but you know we got the we got the polishing done mm. on him so to speak and and yeah the dog is the dog's never won anything big um as far as that goes but uh but he's got uh in the pkc he's got over 150 cast wins and ukc he's got several cast wins made the top 100 of of the ukc uh world championship mm-hmm. as a one-year-old um He's, you know, been qualified tournament champions and made the top 10 in PKC Nationals last year. The dog's yeah. never been pushing any big hunts. We've just yeah. kind of pushed him around, you know, some smaller hunts. Yeah. And let in the dog, he's just three. You know, a lot of people think he's older than that because, you know, he's been around, seems like, forever because I started packing him to the hunts when he was a year old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, you know, we're just, we're just kind of having fun with him, too. That's and, cool. And, and hopefully next year, you know, we'll probably maybe put him in some bigger mm-hmm. pro classics and – 
and try to make him a platinum champion. We bred a couple females, but as far as to the to the public, I haven't really opened it up. Mm-hmm. I've got several guys wanting to breed to him, and and after I make him a platinum champion, I'm going to open him up to, to now, the public are to you breed. Li- are you naturally breeding him, or, or yes, or the, the, we have we have covered two females naturally, mm-hmm. um, and we've AI'd one female. Um, okay. We kind of had some bad luck out of the AI. Uh, the female stuck. And she was about 45 days along, and she boarded all of her puppies. Oh, so, um, you know, uh, yeah. but uh, we, we just, yeah, we, bred a, we bred a silver champion female uh, the beginning of July. Um, so, she, you know, she'll be due, you know, the end right. of this month right. coming up. So right. um, we're excited about that. She cool. She's she's out of track, man. So, um, yeah. you know, them track man females, they seem to cross really well. And that's what Well, JR, I'm hoping down the road here, my buddy Keston sitting over here. Uh, and he and I've got a, a track man semen pup. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's ten months old now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's she's yet to show us a lot, but she's right. coming along. You bet. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, she's still a baby. You yeah. Know? Oh, when that yeah. light, when that flip switches, it'll be a no turning back. You know uh, how that is. Well, that's what we're hoping. Yeah, absolutely. She, she's absolutely. a beautiful thing, and she hates a coon. So <laughs> yeah. Well, we could, I tell you, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, good start. It really is. is. Sure. Yeah. Orlane, man, it's awesome to see you. I, uh, what, what's your kind of plans for the future? I mean, you gonna do you do any of the pro sport hunts? Or is I that tell you, um, what they had a pro. I've been in one pro sport hunt. They had it was back about an hour from my house in Oklahoma. It's a truck hunt. Um, uh, I, I like the. I enjoy those hunts. I like the rules. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but my as far as future goes, like I said, I'm gonna try to make Shaw a platinum champion. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. continue to hunt him at, like, Nationals, UKC World Hunt, yeah. the bigger oh, hunts, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and um, you know, and, and like I said, I got Game Changer at my house, too, of Johnny mm-hmm. Altman's. And, and you know, it's nice to have two of them when you're going to hunt, you mm-hmm. know, because you might be able to, you know, do good with one and then hunt the mm-hmm. other one. So, you know, it's yeah. good to have two of them. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to roll both in. But I'm very excited for, for my puppy out of rodeo I've got at my house. Um, oh, really? Right. Yeah, one. You yeah, I've got, got one. She's, like I said, that, that litter's 13 months old. And, and uh, man, I'm telling you right now, I, uh, knock on wood, if, if she stays healthy and, and, and nothing happens to her, she'll make some noise. She's she's the right kind. Well, she's action-packed. Yeah, I was going to ask you about if you'd you know, seeing anything. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I love mine. Um, I love her. And uh, Scott Engel, he loves his. Matter of yeah. fact, I think Scott's going to start pushing his a little bit in this next spring. Yeah. going to take him to the super stakes and stuff. And, and uh, you know, cool. he, he he's going to keep it. And he's another good one to have, you know, behind. Now, him. is Rodeo out of Mason or is he out of Mojo? I believe he's out of Mason. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Now, yeah. I should know that, but don't, well, don't, don't hold me I to know. it. Yeah. Well, I should too. Yeah. I've yeah. talked to yeah. Scott yeah. about yeah. all that. Yeah, and, and actually, it's a funny story. Rodeo actually come from about thirty minutes from my house, forty-five oh, really? minutes. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, a guy over in Arkansas had him as a puppy, and and uh, so I'd got to hunt with Rodeo, and I didn't know it was him until I don't know, probably two years ago. And I kind of put two and two together and asked Scott where he come from. Scott said, "Yeah, that's him." You know, so so yeah, you know, I I, I liked Rodeo when he's a puppy. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, he was yeah. a good dog, and <laughs> and uh, you know, and in that was another cross that was pretty neat, you know. Um, oh yeah, you know, being he's sure. a world champion, you know, mm-hmm. and a platinum champion, and and uh, and you know, I knew Scott would be a good guy to to, to take one to, you know, because oh, he's yeah. great, you know, for he's sure. great for sure. We we went up there and bred to him and to rodeo, and he was good to us, you know. Yeah. And, 
And uh, but yeah, them pups yeah. are doing great. We're excited about that cross too. There's I know if I know off the top of my head of four of them. There's only five in that litter. I know four out of the five are trained coons and and the right kind. That's great. Yeah, yeah, That's they're they're great. they're they're pretty good. You know what well, I've I've kind of kept tabs on them. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, that that litter I'm very excited about as well. I think. I think after that litter's said and done, they'll they'll make some noise as well, you know. Well, I think Emmy's definitely going to have her place in history, in the history books and record we, books and so forth. Right. It's good to see her showing up on the reproducers. Yeah, yeah, and that's and, you know, and that's that would be great. That's awesome, you know. Um, it would be cool, you know, to to I don't even like thinking about, it, but you know, after she passes away and dies, I it would be neat to see her make the Hall of Fame, you know, in PKC. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, clubs, and you know? I think that's definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a work. Yeah, and I'm, I might be a little biased, but I feel like she deserves it. You know, it, I really the do. The old saying way back, and I think it might have been Yogi Bear or one of those that said, it ain't bragging if you can do it. Uh, yeah, that's it, you I know? guess. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I think she's capable of it deserves it. But, you know, that's that's there's that's there's a long time between now and then. We'll oh, just yeah. See what, we'll just see well, what these – We'll see yeah. what these puppies do, and and you know, and 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 see, you know, like the dogs out of her, how they're going to yeah. reproduce. Well, would you, are you considering maybe breeding her again, or do you? think? You know, of- a lot of people have asked me that. Um, you know, she's ten. She there's physically there ain't nothing wrong with her. She's just fat and out of shape right now. But um, like I said, this fall I'm going to get her back in shape, mm-hmm. and if she comes in heat this fall, I'll probably will breed her. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm going to no, breed her yeah. to. I don't know. Um, well, but, uh, uh, as the old saying is, the world's your oyster, you know. I'm absolutely. sure you're going to take and choose uh, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. breed or to. Yeah, you yeah, know? you know, I've, I, I've I've thought about it, you know, here and there, and, and uh, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, you know, I'm 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 just going to kind of let her make that decision, see how her body holds up, and I go to get getting her back in shape this fall, yeah. and and I think it'll hold up good. She's She's absolutely. If you brought her in here right now and turned her loose, you think she's a two-year-old puppy? That's she'd be great. playing yeah. and jumping well, around. So. She's done. She spent her life doing what she loves to yep. do, and she's had a guy to walk behind her that appreciates her and loves her, and she she feels that. Well, absolutely. I mean, until you really get close to a hound, you don't realize, you know, what what a rapport you can actually have with a dog. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you know, and that's yeah. a lot of people don't understand that. You know, we. These dogs, we expect a lot out of them, but I'm telling you right now, these dogs—they're more than dogs. They're family, you know, yeah. and 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 especially one like her that you, that yeah. I've raised and, and trained, and and she means the world to me, you know. Sure. And, and uh, we expect a lot out of them, but like I said, they're family, you know. Yeah. And and uh, there's a bond that people that they just create with these dogs, you know, and spend yeah. a night in and night out with them. You, right. you either love them or you hate them, and you got to because you spend so much time <laughs> yeah, with them. That's but, right. You know, it's it is it's it's a it's a neat deal, yeah. and and she's. God has blessed blessed me beyond measure. I I cannot I cannot just express just just how thankful and blessed yeah. I am. You know I I always say that and, and I can't say it enough. You know and yeah. it's the truth. So. Well, I, I appreciate that about you, Lane. I really do. Well, man, it's been great for you to stop by here the booth today and catch up with you. you took my buddy hunting last night. Yeah, the first yeah. time he'd been out on a on a cast like that. Yeah, and, it was a good first time. time to Autumn Oaks too. Yeah, you know? yeah, so absolutely. That, it was appreciate a good time. that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, no problem at all. It was a good time. I enjoyed having him. You know, right. it's it's always good to introduce somebody to to the competition side of oh, it. Yeah. They don't know it. That's something mm-hmm. that that we as coon hunters we probably need to do a little need more of. More. You know, yeah, um, because sure. sometimes we can kind of get a bad rap being out there because look we all want to win but at the end of the night it's all about having fun and enjoying what we do you know doing what we love it should be that's for sure yeah so 
All right, that's Lane Denny, owner of 2019 UKC World Champion Emmy. What's her full name? Spavinall Creek Insane Emmy. Insane yes, sir. Emmy. Yep. What, what a female. All right, Lane, thanks for coming by, boy. It's great to hear from Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Steve. Right, I appreciate brother. it. Well, that concludes our live coverage from Autumn Oaks, and what a great time I had out in Richmond with uh, all the folks that stopped by the Gone to the Dogs podcast booth. It was just great to interview each of you, and I'm sure that the listeners have enjoyed these interviews. One of the people that I had intended to record live at Autumn Oaks uh, was our old friend Fred Moran, the Redbone Man from the hills of Pennsylvania. Fred, I didn't see you at Autumn Oaks. What happened, buddy? Well, you had to go 300 miles to see me. I was back home. I had full intentions of going. I had the application for the entry, uh, tore out of the book, and had it partially filled. And as it got Closer to automobile, I just plain changed my mind. I thought, ah, heck, I go to enough night hunts and that I can afford to miss one. Although there were some people there that I knew I wanted to see and so forth. And I had a guy in Michigan. I could have made some money even. I, I had a dog a guy wanted. I could have took it out there and sold it. I did sell it, but, uh, uh, could have made a few bucks, but I just changed my mind and stayed on. Uh, I had somebody to go with me to if I uh, continued on that uh, wavelength that I was going to go. But at the last minute, I changed my mind. Well, uh, I, I see you went to- the, you, you, I heard they had a good crowd as usual. There wasn't uh, as many red dogs as I expected. I think somebody told me there was only one registered red bone in the registered hunt. Uh, there were some night champions and grand knights, and I heard one did pretty good or maybe two. <clears throat> so at least we wasn't left out in the cold. Yeah, well, the red bone there, I think that G-Man dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was in the grand 16, and I think he made it to the final four. Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, uh, that's a trouble, you know. They always say, I never see no red dogs winning. I said, you never see many entered either. But I said, that's all the owner, not the dog's fault. And well, uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. You can't win if you don't go. Right? That's right. That's, that's right. right. Well, how have you been, man? We need to catch up a little bit. It's been a few uh, episodes I'm, now. I've been hunting a good bit other than them couple really hard days. It's finally starting to cool a little bit, and uh, I've been hunting. My voice, as you could probably tell, it, I don't know what's wrong. I've been to doctors, and they give me some medication to take. It don't seem to be helping at all. It, early in the morning, my voice is fine. As the day progresses, my voice gets worse. Sounds like I'm uh, uh, 120. And, uh, but <laughs> you're sounding good up, today. My oh, friend. that's wonderful. Then, uh, yeah, it don't bother me at all. It just, it to me, it's like I'm all horse and everything else. Well, but I've been, been hunting. 
Well, good. Well, good. Tell me a little bit about it. What's been going on? uh, You talk about Autumn Uh, Old Harold Edwards, I I call him the king of the Alabama coon hunters. That guy does hunting. He's 92 years old. He's got property leased down there where he hunts in Alabama, and he's got about 4,000 acres all to himself, and he hunts off a four-wheeler down there. Uh, usually by himself once in a while, buddy. And he told me he's still coon hunting, but not like he used to. He's down to two days a week, he goes uh, off that four wheeler. And he says he's been doing pretty good. If Harold says he is, he is. And uh, I bought a lot of dogs off him through the years and uh, got a couple pretty good ones. One I won Red Bone Day with years ago. He was a Heck of a tree dog and that. And um, I'll remember one time the year I won Redbone Day, a guy that's passed now, Jim Stevenson from Missouri. I met him there at that hunt. He went along on my gap just to spectate. And toward the end of the hunt, I was doing pretty good. I, well, I won Redbone Day that year. My dog got, I called him Pickwick. He was quick on him trees, and uh, he treed across, they called it a river, I called Big Crick, and I thought, I ain't getting soaking wet going over to that dog, and he, at that time, he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't come to you as far as calling, you couldn't call from now to tomorrow, and he ain't going to come, and he didn't have a handle on him like the dogs we have nowadays. And Jim says, I'll go get your dog. Give me a leash. I says, you're going to go across that. Uh, he called it, like I say, a river. I called it a creek. He jumped right in that water. We could see the cone from where we were. He jumped right in that water and went over and got my dog and brought it back. I says, I appreciate that. Uh, saved me getting wet. And uh, we became friends from then on. Him and I did some dog dealing through the years, and uh, I got some from him. He got some from me, and he uh, turned out to be a good friend. And, yeah, uh, well, there's some benefits to getting a little older in age. You know, I've found that myself. People are good. <laughs> They're, uh, they offer, you know, at first it kind of irritated me a little bit. It's like, oh, well, I, I can handle my own dog, you know. It but, don't entertain me. <laughs> oh, me either. Well, you mentioned Harold Edwards, and I had a phone call from him uh, not too long ago, and we had a good long visit. And uh, there's an old uh, Ridge Runner. Well, he's not that old. He's younger than I am by a good bit. A fellow named Roscoe Mills from West Virginia that moved down to Alabama. He was a miner and originally moved down there to uh, the mines down there but then i think he's gotten into other business now but anyway he hunts with harold and harold was telling me about some of the hunts and and uh roscoe had also called me and said someday you need to get harold on the podcast because he's got a lot of good stories but yes he is amazing at at what did you say 92 92 Wow. Here's the best part. He called me. I, I, if I dial number three times, I usually memorize it. His phone number is 205-744-8314. Well, not anymore. 
Because I tried to call them when they had hurricanes down there about three, four years ago and just see if he was all right. I never got an answer. Uh, operator didn't come on, say the phone's disconnected or anything. I figure sooner or later he'll spend a quarter and call me. He never called me and I never called him. But when he called me a few days ago, well, first he tried to pull fast when, and uh, this, uh, uh, make disguise like, his voice. Yeah, disguise his voice and make like <laughs> he's someone else. And this is Bill Smith, and I want to, I'm looking for a good red dog. I said, well, you ain't going to find it here because uh, we don't have no good red <laughs> And I said, I said, Harold Edwards, anybody could pick out your voice. And he started laughing. <laughs> and he says he had a new phone number. And, uh, and he, he got a new phone number, and that's why I wasn't able to get a. And the hurricane did blow his house away. He told oh, my me, goodness. He told me he found his dogs. A woman called them. They were treed in the middle of town three days later and had a coon. And he mm. went over. He went over and got his dogs. And well, he's living in a different house, of course, now. And uh, but it's in the same area of where he originally was, somewhere no, nearby. Way he talked, but he's quite a character. Yes, I, he is. I, well, you mentioned three days there. Now that reminds me of an old ad by Kelly Bright. Kelly Bright, yeah, Kelly Bright. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, I got to hunt with one of them dogs at Kelly Bragg. Had. I went to a, I went to a night hunt. My buddy was stationed in the service, and he had three or four days off. He said, "Why don't you come down and go hunting?" So I went. I forget where he was, but it, I went to a hunt. I think I drove clear to Virginia to a hunt and met him somewhere. Me, him, and about three or four others from up here, we all went down, got a motel on that. And uh, anyhow, uh, we coon hunted for a couple of nights down there. And one night we went to a night hunt, and I drew Kelly Bragg. And one of them blue dogs has stayed for two, three days. Well, I don't, I ain't knocking the man's dog. I don't know. He might have been everything I ever read about him. But that night, we didn't have too good a night. Uh, I'll put it this way. The dog wouldn't get tired barking because he'd <laughs> ball on a tree and probably a half a minute later, give another ball. He didn't go nowhere. He stayed there. We didn't see a coon, but we there was a couple other trees we treated on, including my dog, and we didn't see have much luck finding coon, but I did get to out with the dog. Well, maybe the dog was conserving his energy for one of those three-day so. deals. I, I think so. And well, I, let me like say, my buddy says, he'll never get tired barking that way. So. <laughs> well, I had the uh, privilege to talk with Kelly Bragg many, many times. And uh -huh. people from the back in that era, of course, Fred, you and I remember that he ran ads quite often oh, yeah. in American Cooner magazine or Full Cry maybe and uh, about his blue ticks. He was an interesting fellow. He was a circus performer. Right. He worked in a circus. Yeah, a trapeze artist, if you can uh -huh. imagine that. And he would work, and then in the wintertime, he would be 
off and he would coon hunt, you know. And But he only lived about probably 25 miles from me. But he was right down on the New River. I'm stuttering here. On New River at a uh, place called Brooks, West Virginia. But he bred those blue dogs for a number of years, and I certainly don't mean to disrespect him or his memory, but it was funny when he would write those ads about those dogs staying treed for three days at a time. Well, he was quite a character, and like <laughs> I say, I remember his ads as well as you do. He, he'd have one in about every other month, and uh, had quite a few. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, tell me about some of your hunts you've been having lately, well, have you? Uh, it's mostly been local hunts. I haven't gone to no night hunt. I'm going to go to one this week. I did go to one, and we made three trees. I had two first strikes, two first trees. We never saw a coon on any of the three trees. And I, you could say I won a cast if you count zero, but that. Uh, that don't count for nothing. And so we never saw a coon. And two of the other calves didn't see a coon either. There, there was in the register, there was only three calves. In the register, there, nobody saw a coon. Uh, now night champion calf had some plus points. And I think that was about it. But, uh, there's not many people coming to the hunt here, losing interest in that. I don't know whether it'll pick up or not, but they just don't seem to be gathering the people that they used to. And some of the old timers that I used to see a lot just ain't coming. I don't know. Yeah. I, got, I don't know what it is. Well, uh, I, I think it's a sign of the times. And I want to ask you something. I consider you one of my sources of of how knowledge of you certainly have the years, the experience, and everything else. This kind of uh, raises a question with me. Um, I have a young dog with a partner in North Carolina. He's a plot dog. He's only 10 months old. He came from, uh, well, he's a grandson of a dog that I had for, for many years. I called Hoss, and his sire is Bill Scheninger's Lazarus dog over in western Ohio. Here's my point. Last weekend, this pup, 10 months old, was put in his first night hunt on Friday night. He scored 200-plus and won his cast, his very first night hunt. The well, second night— done. Well, the the second night he was put in uh, his second night hunt at a different club. He won his cast again, this time with 225. He got strike and three. Uh, now, that's real unusual for a pup 10 months old to be that successful, especially it was moonlight nights. And all this, but here's my point: not to brag on the pup because he's he's kind of surprised me, really. But he has been doing really well, and and my partner that hunts him is absolutely a coon hunter and knows what he's doing. But here, this is what came to mind in thinking about that, and I want to ask you about it. Do you think that when these dogs are young like that? They seem to be more accurate. They seem to have their coon. 
or it's been my experience when they're young like this, when they're just getting started. Do you think that's because they're more excited? Is that because they're they're maybe not as cold nosed as as they will be or or other dogs are, and they just tree on hot scent where you're more apt to to find it. Do you have any idea about that or any opinion I'm, about I'm that? Tell you, I'm going to tell you a couple fast stories. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. I had uh, two the best dog I ever owned in my life. People don't know that. And they all think Magic Hickory or some of that. And they were in the top four or five, that's for sure. But I had a dog in 1950. He died June 14th, 1955. And uh, anyhow, I called him Lee. I got him from North Carolina at Camp Lejeune. A buddy of mine that was older than me was stationed down there and told me about hunting with it all the time. I said, see if you could buy the dog. And he got the dog for me. And I raised a litter of pups out of him. I bred him to a buddy's dog. It was a black and tan female. We weren't worried about papers or uh, registration. We just wanted to see what this dog would throw. Well, we bred him, and two of the pups were, uh, one was like a saddleback black and tan, the other one was red. Uh, I think she had seven, if I'm not mistaken. But this buddy of mine that hunted with me a lot, he kept two of the pups. We went hunting one night, and this is God's truth, uh, the pups, at that time, was definitely no older than four and a half months old. And I took them out, and they I had the old dog with me, and this is what I can't do. The two pups opened up. And I thought, well, what the heck are they barking on? Probably run the rabbit. They run it up the hall. The old dog, uh, where there was no Garmin Gen or anything to see where the old dog went. But he went the same direction they went. And I figured, but he ain't barking. They run up the hall and they treed. The old dog ain't barking treed yet. I thought, what the heck could they be doing? I figured, well, they got a possum. We go up there, it was the biggest tree in the woods. I could have put my truck up there and you wouldn't have found it. I wish I could say I found five coon up there, but I didn't find anything. But I felt sure there was a coon up there, but I couldn't find it. At that time, our main light was a six-cell flashlight. And mm. uh, <laughs> Dog Supply House up in Michigan used to sell them. It was a coon hunter's light at the time. Right. and. Uh, we looked for it for a long time, couldn't find it. I give up. I never did figure out. I felt them two puppies run that, but why didn't the old dog open? And that he was absolutely straight. And but he he was at the tree, never barked on a track or a tree. And I don't know what to figure out about that. Before I go any further, a guy came here one time to buy a dog. And I had a a dog that was decent coon dog, nothing great, but uh, a tree coon. That's all the guy wanted. I asked him, I said, do you mind if I take a pup along? I said, it's only five months old. It's been in the woods five times. I said, it ain't doing a thing. It does go hunting, but it ain't done a thing yet. I says, uh, I want to get it in the woods as much as possible. I said, it sure ain't going to help this older dog. 
He says, now nah, you go ahead and take it. So I took it along. The pump struck. Now, mind you, it never done nothing previous other than go hunting. It struck first, run the track better than the old dog. The old dog got in with it, and the pump treed way ahead of the old dog. We go in there and see a coon. After that, that's all that guy talked about, buying that pump. I said, believe me, that pump never done that before. I'm telling you. I said, I'm glad it did do it. So, and he wasn't even interested in that other dog after that, seeing that a five-month-old dog tree that coon and we saw the coon and everything i couldn't get his mind on that old dog at all so i figured i'm just wasting my time might as well go home i told him critter we treat one more coon <laughs> we quit but now how, how come that pup took a uh it took effect all at once one five times in the woods and here one night he turns on like a cracker jack it was a good pup by so, a guy uh, someone stole it, I'll put it that way, when it was about seven and a half months old. I'm positive I know who it is, but I could never prove it. And and this guy, he lived in our area. Uh, he did have a contact. So I figured he probably got the dog, rid of the dog in West Virginia or Ohio within a couple of days. He sure wasn't going to keep it around. Too many people were to talk. But uh that's just funny things that you don't know the answer to, but it did happen. And as far as young dogs go, I just had a guy tell me, and I, if he told me he saw the Pope in the woods last night, he saw the Pope in the woods. And he was telling me. Was he wearing a funny hat? That's, no, that's, no, no, oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. And I know this boy real well. He's uh uh He's got a walker dog uh, from your good buddy where you got yours at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a semen bred walker. I didn't pay much attention because I could care less about them walkers. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, he, he told me it's a semen bred dog, just something that uh, your friend used to have year, years ago. And uh, he told me the dog's name and everything, but I can't remember he said, Fred, you've never seen nothing like us. About the third time in the woods, a dog running treed with the old dogs. And at the time, it's four months old. This dog right now is seven months old and has treed over 40 good by itself, by itself. And uh, the guy, he knows he's got something, but he don't know what he's got uh, at that age. And his buddy called me yesterday. He says, guess what? He said, we lost that pup. I said, oh, I thought he meant he lost it in the woods and never got it. He says, it went a mile and a quarter. We found it, and it was tree on a den tree, but we could see the coon inside the hole. Now, that's doing something by itself, and it's only seven months old right now. And I'm half tempted to get interested in the walker dog. Right? <laughs> well, that kids, kind of thing will make you that way. The uh, kid is smart enough to know that he's got something, but I hope mm. he's dumb enough to want a, a lot of money for it. So, well, I'm going to have to find out what that pup's out of. Uh, I've got uh, – on. On this podcast, in the interviews at Autumn Oaks or in the previous week, I talked about a young man in Virginia that 
came to his first Autumn Oaks uh, uh-huh. this year. And he also got a dog from Randy Smith there in Pennsylvania. And uh, this dog is now about 13 months old. And he started him as a puppy with no older dog, had nothing to train him with, took him night after night after night that he didn't do anything. But then he started doing some things. He treated a coon, but he just sat at the tree and didn't bark. Then little by little, he started barking at the tree. Little by little, he started hunting harder. That pup right now is 13 months old. And I'm going to venture to say that he's treated over a hundred coon himself. And he, the other night I laughed at him. He said, he treated on a big tree. He said, I couldn't find the coon. He said, I'm going to call that one slick tree number four. But he <laughs> said, I can't be exactly sure. Now, this is a 28-year-old. He's not a young kid. But right. he hunts virtually every night. He's got lots of private ground to hunt in Virginia. And uh, it's just, this pup is just phenomenal. Now, you know, some would get the purest to nitpick him, say he's a ball-mouthed tree dog. Well, he is. But when he, when he changes over and sits down, he's there. And he's, he hunts wide, and he it's just amazing. And then, of course, back to this plot, this 10-month-old plot that we have, he's been, when he started, uh, you know, he was about five months old when we got him, or not quite. And he, right away, you know, he treated a coon by himself. He split trees from the other dog. He likes to be by himself. Now, where are these young dogs getting all this talent? Where I, you know what's the difference between when we were young, or Fred back in the day? We probably didn't care too much, uh, worry too much about a dog till he's a year and a half, two years old. Well, like like you say, uh, for some reason or other, a lot of dogs uh, that uh, that you come across. Or less than a year old, and they're acting like a three-year-old themselves in the woods right now, and uh, they just seem to be more stimulated now than they ever were uh, when we were younger and had dogs uh, back there. Like he said, sometimes we'd have them around two years. I-, I wouldn't put up with half the dogs I put up with years ago, but I was young, had a lot of pep and zip, and I'd hunt every. Uh, every night, uh, I remember 1957, I hunted over 300 nights that year, and uh, I coon hunted. That's all I lived for is coon hunting, and, uh, but, uh, and I'd, I'd get some young dogs doing good, but not like you are now. Uh, to me, there's more young dogs doing better than there ever was before. I know a lot of guys around here got young dogs that are doing uh, they're no merchant's bully or anything like that, but they're doing darn good for the hunting they've had. Right. And they seem to be more natural. Uh, yep. I don't know if it took that long to show up in them or what, but just like this boy that's got the walker. I ain't seen it, but he's coming down. He He's studying to be a state trooper, and uh, <laughs> uh, so he's about 22 years old. He hunted with me when he was 10, 11 years old, and he don't live around here. He lives in PA, 
but a good ways from me. But he's promising to come down, uh, him and Bill Lash, uh, another guy that I've gone on with for over 50 years. Um, and uh, they're going to come down, stay a couple days and we'll do some coon on. But the way and where he lives, there ain't many coon. But now he's telling me they're three and 10, 12 coon a night. And I, you would never even begin to believe that up there where they live compared to my hunting. I've got pretty good hunting compared to theirs. But uh, like I say, uh, everything's changing, it seems. Some of it for the good, and I'm glad of that. So. Well, I am too, Fred. And and you mentioned coon populations, and in some of the areas where coon were fairly scarce years ago, there seems to be plenty of coon now. I uh, I used to have a guy from your area, John Quince. He lives in Petersburg, West Virginia. I met mm-hmm. him by accident through other hunters, and he started coming up here and hunting. And they used to say to him. Uh, John, what are you going up Moran's for? You're driving 125 miles to go Kuna. He says, because I'll see more coon up there one night than I will in a week down there. <laughs> and and that, that was That's the truth. Right. But, oh, yeah. but now, for some reason or other, he's got coon. He tells me on his feeders that he's got out. It ain't nothing to go drive up to a feeder and see eight or ten coon on No, oh, wow. And uh, he never had coon like that before. Well, but down in southern West Virginia where I grew up, uh, I, I was talking to John Sturgill, a plot guy. I had him on the podcast here a couple weeks ago or, or better. And, you know, back in the day in the 80s when uh, – uh, or the the 70s, actually, when I came home from service, coon were very scarce down there. And our club oh. did a lot of restocking. And I, you and I have talked about Paul Hunter in Meadville, Pennsylvania, right, who used right. to get coons used from him. He to sell coon all yeah. over the place. Yeah. But now I, they've got coon down there everywhere. You know, it's, it's, it's really people something. Don't, people don't know this, but those that are listening to your podcast, you guys are catching them in box traps and releasing. Mark my words. I'm never wrong. I'm always right. Spray <laughs> paint them through the cage. Spray paint their tails and that with a different color paint. When turn them loose wherever you're going to turn them loose at. They're like black bear. You turn them loose in two, three weeks, you'll be back in the same area again. Uh, I proved that a hundred, a guy up the road from me, I used to put coon in his barn all the time. He said, give me one of them cages and let me catch some of them. He brought me 28 coon. I took them only five miles away and it was straight across the river. So that, that wasn't too big a surprise for me, but I, uh, I didn't paint them at first, but then I start painting them through the cage. I got five in one week. So they were just coming back home. And yeah. I, I found a game warden told me this year, and he used to coon out with me all the time. Uh, I even asked him if he wanted me to come to his commencement when he uh, graduated. I said, I could tell by you holding the light when I shot the deer. He says, you ain't invited. He says, you're not invited. So anyhow, he told me he caught a bear this year uh, in uh, Fayette County, Pennsylvania, 
There's 400, I don't get me exact on this way, but about 457 pounds. It had an ear tag in it. He had the ear tag checked. The bear was caught when he was two years old. He was five when this guy caught him. This came more and caught him. He was five and he, at two years old, he weighed two, I think, 240, he told me. Mm-hmm. And he caught him three years later. He gained 200 and some pounds. And the bear was caught within a mile of where it was originally caught. And it was taken over a hundred mile and turned loose in, mm-hmm. in a different kind. There you they, go. they have a natural way of instinct to get back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a guy that I know you heard of him uh, used to have a dog called Pokey Bill, old James yeah. Bruce in Tennessee. Yes, yes indeed. J- James used to trade a, a guy up here in Pennsylvania for a dog, a broke dog for, uh, I forget, 75 coon at a time. And so this guy was saving money. He's getting coon, taking him down there. I said to James, I said, do you tag them or anything? He says, yep, we put tags in all the ears. I says, how many have you got? He says, each club member gets five coons. They can turn it loose in any woods they want. I said, how many did you catch recapture? He said, Fred, nobody from the club ever got but one coon. Uh, One guy got one about 11 miles from here. He said, we got one of them. Some other hunter caught it 28 miles from here, and he was headed north, he says. Maybe he was trying to make it back to Pennsylvania, but that was the only two coon they ever got, one 11 mile and one 28 mile uh, from where they turned it loose. And uh, to me, they all try and make it back home. And the only ones that will stay is if you get a little one uh, and uh, or an occasional gummy. And uh, <laughs> I, tr- I turned one loose one time. I didn't paint him, but he was a real yellow coon. And I went to that woods three nights in a row hunting where I turned him loose. B- believe it or not, I seen him all three nights just walking through the woods. He was bewildered as far as I was concerned. <laughs> he was trying to figure out. And uh, about the fifth day, I went by that same woods there he was laying out in the middle of the road. He didn't make oh, it any further. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's odd how they uh, they do things and how they get around that. But they're definitely homers. If they can make it home, they will. So yeah, they try. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, Fred, it's been great visiting with you again. And, and I uh, am going to try to get back on the schedule where we can have you every week because – it's yeah, JJ misses. JJ misses. JJ's missing. Yeah, well, I'm my a- apologies to JJ for sure. <laughs> this squirrel dog's getting old. I told him if, if you come up to the club Saturday, they got a squirrel hunt. Well, I'll run your dog yeah, for you. And yeah. I, I didn't realize he's. I got it for him ten years ago. I didn't think it was wow. that long. Yeah, time flies. I figure he's only five or six. He's ten years old. He's a good one, so JJ's in good shape, and the dog is, too. We'll give it a try. Well, that sounds great, Fred, and uh, doggone it, I need to see you at Autumn Oaks next year. Oh, hey, I'm going to try and make one (laughs) before I bite the dust, so I'll probably be there next year. And my best dog, he 
he wasn't clicking like uh, good enough for me. Uh, he, I like him. He ain't for sale, but he just wasn't clicking like he should be. I don't know what it is, but every night's a different night. Tonight he might look like a world champ. So, well, well, I hope he does for sure. Well, folks, that concludes our Autumn Oaks coverage. In the last two episodes, we've been uh, – focusing on the event where history's made. The UKC Autumn Oaks started in 1960. I believe this year was the 63rd Autumn Oaks. I've uh, been visiting here today with Fred Moran, the Redbone Man, who certainly been to Autumn Oaks many, many times. And Fred will be back on the program, I can assure you. And uh, uh, we're just r- really uh, glad to have him a part of this podcast uh, well, thank you. I went to the first Automoks. I had two pretty good dogs. My Sioux female won second in the night champion class. Brandenburger's drum won it. I, he beat me with my magic dog that night, and he did a good job. He was a nice dog. and But I did get second with the female on the night champion. But it's been a long time. i got to get back in the groove and Maybe get lucky. They say a blind squirrel finds an acorn once well. <laughs> Our Maybe listeners I'll... need to be reminded. How old are you now, Fred? 85. 85 and going strong. I, I want to beat Harold Edwards. So when he told me he was nine, <laughs> I thought he was only three years older than me, but he's yeah. 92. And I'll do my darndest to beat him. So. Well, think about it, folks, your <laughs> listeners out there. We've been talking about Autumn Oaks. This guy right here was there at the very first one, hunting yeah. in the final cast against the dog that won Autumn yeah. Oaks. What a great story. Okay, folks, that's going to be a wrap. I'll remind you, I do have my book, Gone to the Dogs, A Coon Hunter's Journey, is available online at stevefielderbooks.com. Someone asks you, where's Steve Fielder? You tell them. He's with Fred Moran, and they've gone to the dogs. Yeah, we have. (laughs) 